Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast 295 for the week of February 9th, 2014. It is our Game of the Year 2013 episode. Yay! Only two months into 2014. Go team! <laughs> yes! We are consistently late, but at least we're having one this year. Last year, um, personal things got in the way and I was unable to record a show. So I'm gathered here. A bunch of people who aren't normally on the podcast because either A, they hate me, or B, they're just too damn busy. And we've got them together today on special or? special retainer. Oh, there's an or? Oh, yeah, and. You You're right. And. Yeah, 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 and. Um, well, it <laughs> thanks. could be both. It could be both. Thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but they are all the people who review games for the site. Well, at least most of them. Um, first off, I've got Adrian Nanowden. Hey, everyone. Up from Vancouver. Um, let's see, who else is Glenn Wilson? Hey, I review sometimes still. I don't know where you live anymore. I haven't. Where do you think I live? I don't I know. He's homeless. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere on the he's East jobless. Coast. I'm unemployed, but I still but, live in Virginia. Virginia. All right. Hi, thank Opal you. Glenn. <laughs> hey, Sam. That's Sam Marcello. Hello, everyone. Who's coming from somewhere in Canada? Where are you? Toronto location. You're in Toronto. Toronto. With your with your snorry dog. <laughs> Sorry, he's loud. <laughs> if you hear a snoring in the background, it's Sam's dog. And then finally it's from bully. yeah from jolly old England, of course, Alex Fuller. Sometimes on your podcast. Yes, you are. Thank you very much. I appreciate that that you haven't given up on me like everybody else on this show has. <laughs> there oh, was thanks. a time when Glenn and Adrian were regulars. I just want to point that out. What, that was like four years ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this Why? show, we, we are at the point where we are outlasting entire other shows. Like, we can confirm, you know, we've completely outlasted that show. I just want to point that out. All right. I like, well, we've outlasted other websites. Yes. Kind of weird thing. <laughs> we have the power. <laughs> RP Gamer, we're not going anywhere until we're dead. All right. That's a scary <laughs> thought. A long, I think the last RPG cast I was on, Victor was on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sign right there that you're old, Glenn. Yeah. Old news. All right. So, today. All right, so this is our RPG cast award. So what we're going to do is uh, go through a list of categories, kind of discuss what each of our picks is, and then argue until we pick a winner. Um, at least in general, and unless uh, the community here on the show overrides me and says, no, we don't want to pick one, then we'll just move on. Um <laughs> I kind of I kind of respect everybody's time and just let them tell me what I'm doing. So uh, the point is to have a fun discussion, not to be real serious. Like this is the only way you can look at these games. Uh, obviously, these are just the opinions of the people on the show. And uh, yeah, so this is you our have the, the wrong people on the show. If you want serious opinions, serious opinions. Yes. <laughs> well, I, some people take. <laughs> It's like, how could you think that way? It's like, well, this is just what we think. So don't take it too hey, seriously. If, Who on staff you... would you say usually is like that? Oh, I meant readers. I didn't know about staff. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Out. <laughs> <laughs> we are off to a very good start. Glenn wants us to start throwing the gauntlets down already. Yeah, all the readers there are usually on your RPG cast. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we, we got to... So what's the first category, Chris? All right, so first is some old business. I want to quickly touch on... Uh, I, I like to review a couple of prediction categories from the previous Game of the Year show in the next Game of the Year show. We didn't have one last year, so that means my prediction categories were for 2012, not for 2013. So nevertheless, I want to go over them because there's a couple interesting things to note. Um, the prediction category, RPG of 2012, which game do you think will be the best in 2012? Um, I picked Diablo 3, Adrian picked Mass Effect 3, Glenn picked Mass Effect 3. 
Um, Alex picked uh, the last story, right? Uh, Mass Effect 3 kind of had a lot of drama to it, so yeah, whatever. But drama. my favorite part is Sam picked Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch. <laughs> which is was up for RPG of this past year because it didn't come out in 2012. So good job, Sam. Good job. Good I think job. Adrian and I won. Yes, I think you did. I think you did. Um, oh, with Mass Effect? Well, yeah. I like that more than I like Diablo 3. Honestly, Diablo 3 was my game of the year for 2012, Ooh, which okay. was surprising. Cause I honestly, Fine, then I, you I, lose I, I, and I win. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, interesting enough, <laughs> this, you'll like this next category, Adrian. Oh, most overhyped of 2012. Which game do you think won't live up to the hype in 2012? <laughs> 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 I don't know what Glenn's pick is anymore. Grand Knight's Historia. I don't think yeah, that ever got came canceled. out. It was a PSP game. So, yeah. yeah, it was overhyped because it got canceled. That guy's got canceled. That wins. Adrian, yeah, you actually... <laughs> Adrian, you actually picked Diablo 3 as your most overhyped game of 2012. Yes, so. That was game of the year. So <laughs> your game of the year. Good job there. Uh, Alex and Sam picked Mass Effect 3. Um, maybe perhaps so, lightly precious. And I picked Nino Kuni as most overhyped of <laughs> 2012. I was right because it didn't come out. <laughs> Go team! Everyone wins but Adrian. Yes. <laughs> Mass Effect 3 really didn't live up to the hype, and uh, Nino Kuni not so much either. <laughs> And Pandora's Tower was a choice from Michael Cunningham, which, yeah. what is wrong with that man? I love you, Michael, but... <laughs> <laughs> he was really hopeful on that one. All right. Uh, 2011 was also the first big old Kickstarter game year, so we uh, we we had a category of games we'd most likely like to see Double Find, since Double Find had just raised that million dollars for Broken Age. None of us said Mega Man. Yeah, no, none of us said Mega Man. Uh, Michael Apps said Shining Force. Glenn, you said Star Control 2. Does uh, Star Citizen count as that? I've, no. I have no idea what that is. Okay, okay. So, no. The, the, you know, the one that's got like 35 million and counting in oh, donations. No. Like their Kickstarter has never ended because they just keep moving it on. Um, the one where you can pay thousands of dollars for custom ships. Yeah? No, that's nothing like Star Control. So, Adrian picked Two Human. Um, we're still waiting for that one. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of funny, though. Silicon Knights did launch a Kickstarter, and they failed miserably. <laughs> twice on the year, but yes. Twice. Yeah, twice. You're right. <laughs> Sam, you picked Suikoden and Magical Star Sign. Uh, not going nope. to happen on either of those. I picked a, a Kickstarter. <laughs> a to, Nintendo. <laughs> I wanted a Kickstarter to collect money to bribe Nintendo to bring out Earthbound 2. I'm going to say I had partial success because Earthbound came out on the virtual console. Uh, I'll take it. That's a good start. All right. Alex wanted the rest of Fam's Falcom's Kiseki series, The Legend of Heroes. Which actually is kind of happening. Yes. Yeah. Good job, well, Alex. I think you win on this list, actually. But even though it wasn't kickstarted. And uh, the winner was Star Control 2. Uh, I don't know why. I think Glenn just said he was the winner. Yeah. I might have just typed that myself. <laughs> you know, a few days after the podcast, just to, just to make myself <laughs> just, look good. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank All right, so so let's let's get into this year's categories. The first category we have is the Backtrack Award. What's the best RPG from 2012 you finally got around to playing, and I'm going to say, or finishing for the first How about time? 2013, Chris, because 2012 is now... 2013, yes. Get the numbers. I, I'm numbers sorry, work. I'm updating. It's yeah, the best <laughs> game from 2013. So I, I've got, I'll start you off with one. Um, I finally got around to playing and finishing Borderlands 2. Um, it was Wait, the only. No, 12, 20, we're talking about 2013 now. It is yes. 2012. The backtrack award. What do we? You're right. You're right. Yes, the best game from 2012. It's 2013. <laughs> 20. Before, it has to be 2013 because you wrote before. Yes. Oh, right. I'm so confused. All right. I'll get rid of before. All right. In any case, you pick uh, Borderlands 2. 
I'm picking Borderlands 2. Um, I really soured on that game at first and then finally found out that the only way to play through that game is with other people and having yeah. them basically carry you through the thing. Uh, for me, I know other people disagree. but Did you play the girlfriend mode? I did. I tried to, and it really didn't make the game that easy. I, How I, awful are you at games? I don't know, but I fully <laughs> specked out the girlfriend mode tree, and like I still soloing Clearly, is hard. Was supposed to be carrying you did not have uh, broad enough yeah, shoulders. That, that okay. tree does not make the game easier if you're playing single player. It, no, it's better for multiplayer when you have someone covering you. Yeah, but for that's... single player, it's not it's not accurate enough to be able to do anything. I, I tried maxing out that skill. I love that character. And it, it's fun single player, but it's, it doesn't make anything easier Basically, you turn no. into somebody, while your robot's alive, you're doing okay, and when it's down, you are screwed, is what yeah, that tree turns right. into. Yeah. I mean, you still have guns, right? Can't you shoot things? You, not, well, not yeah, but you don't do anything with them. <laughs> you just, <All> right. yeah. <laughs> so, you you played a multiplayer. Who'd you play yeah. it with? Um, the people or... over at Lucifer.com, actually. Ah. <laughs> they carried me through, because they were having, they were doing a lot of playthroughs. I'm like, eh carry me and they're like oh yeah Borderlands 2 is a game that I've liked more and I played I'm on my third playthrough right now and the more I play it the more I like it it's a really it's one of those game. it's one of those games that inc- imp- has improved dramatically over time like when it first yeah. came out I was disappointed that it was basically the same as Borderlands 1 but with all the DC- DLC they've added into it now it's probably one of the best multiplayer co-op games I've ever seen it is one of my all-time favorite games now it's amazing I've <laughs> played it twice and I had a blast both times. Yeah, and, and for me, um, you know, even after getting carried, I still realized the only thing I really like about the game and the thing that made me decide to get carried was uh, my taste of Tiny Tina's uh, DLC. And that, that is stuff is fantastic. <laughs> that is uh, some of the best DLC I've ever played. Yeah. More DLC should be like that. Um, t- took a game that I didn't care much for and turned it into something that just lampooned RPGs and, and just felt really good. Thank you, guys. Uh, all right. So anyone else got a pick? I do. Yeah? Uh, I Actually, it's sort of weird because I wrote that feature about backlogging the year. And uh, the two Western RPGs I played last year, both of them really stuck out for me, which was I played Alpha Protocol, which is a, a game I know Glenn and Adrian both absolutely love. Love. And I played Jade, <laughs> and I played Jade Empire. Oh, yes, that's right. Severin and I share our love for C. Um, oh, my yeah, God. Is awesome. I'm going to count the protocol over Jade Empire just because um, I got way into Alpha Protocol, like to the point where, I mean, I'm sure people saw my my tweets that were coming out of it. There's just so much surprise in the game and just so much crazy that it's just so easy to fall in love with what you're doing. It's like Thornton can be an ass, he can be suave. And I just, I mean, I had everybody be my best friend in that game. which I thought was a pretty good skill. Yeah. Like, my my spouse, he's looking at me going, how did you make everybody your friend? I'm like, mm. I just figured it out. <laughs> he's just like, I killed everybody. <laughs> so, I just, I love that game. And, like, I have the biggest crush on C. I'm sorry. She's just, she is hilarious. She's probably one of the best written characters, female characters, no less, I've seen in a game in a while. So I just, I had a lot of fun with it. Like, I'm glad I played it, and I really kind of want to play it again. Now to just do the other side of the all the skills and the trees and whatnot. Because I also played it on recruit mode, which doesn't make the game easier, but you get a different set of, like, voice skills, which is kind of neat. Okay. So I liked it a lot. 
I like Jade Empire too, but I only played it because it was Scott's favorite. Now you got to pick one, so Alpha Protocol. Alpha Protocol. <laughs> all right, all right. Glenn, surely you paid, played something old. Yeah, not too old, though. I played uh, Tales of Graces F slipped into this year for me. Mm. I didn't play it before Christmas, so I don't know. I mean, it was uh, we did a good job with it with the awards a couple years ago, so I think we've praised it plenty on the site and, and between us. But it was fun. It was the first Tales game I played since Abyss. And uh, it was a series I've kind of left for dead because it wasn't doing it for me. But at the recommendation of various staff members, I took a chance on Graces again and played the hell out of it. Did a lot of the post-game stuff and thought it was a great game. The plot was, like, the kitty part of the plot was rough. Yeah. And, you know, the well, most obvious fast. demons. Speaking of, like, the Scooby-Doo yeah. plot. But, <laughs> like, the most obvious demon possession in the history yes. of fiction. Saturday no morning cartoons. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with him. I, I don't I understand. Saturday morning cartoon moment where you're just like, really, game? Really? Good job. He's <laughs> acting so strange. And once they finally seem to realize that the guy whose eyes turn red and he talks about how he hates <laughs> wants to murder all humans and then kills everyone around him is actually possessed by a demon. But I got past that. I like the story. <laughs> I bought Tales uh, of Zillia, but I haven't gotten to it yet. So I'm always a little behind on the Tales games. Did you like Hubert Glenn? I did. I did. He was Isn't Hubie adorable? Everyone likes Hubert. Yeah. I love Hubie. He was cute. He was cute watching him be a little nerdy kid into, you know. Did, did, did you see the little skit where he's a Power Ranger and it was so cute? <laughs> yes. That was my favorite. I don't remember I that he, one. He was the only character aside from, I forget character names, he was the only character aside from the main protagonist that I controlled and used some in combat. I, mostly I, I actually it. exclusively, once I got Hubert, that was the only character I used. I would like to point out that the word Hubert on Google Images first and foremost brings up images of Hubert from Dale's Graces. He is the, yeah, most, hu- he is the most famous Hubert on the internet. <laughs> of the internet. <laughs> More so than Hubert Reeves. Um, oh, yeah, good point. Look at all this. I've never heard of these guys, so yeah, I guess he is the most famous Hubert. <laughs> and you guys are all picking games I love. Yes. Yeah, so, so what are you gonna pick? <laughs> well, actually, my my game that I finally got around to, and Sam's gonna love this, is a uh, Reseteer and Item Shop's Tale. Yay! I, I I put it off for the longest time because I'm not a fan of the Atelier series, and it seemed like a lot like it would be a lot like the Atelier series. But once I actually got into it, it was a blast. It was adorable. And also, um, and this is stupid since I actually do work in retail, but <laughs> I enjoyed breaking the retail system. And basically, once I'd gotten into like the first after the first payday, I don't think I ever actually wasted any time going into the dungeons anymore. I just <laughs> bought stuff up cheap and then sold it for my life is about profit, profit. stuff like that. <laughs> It was so easy to make profits go in that game. Oh, it game. was. Like, the, the dungeon system was actually the worst way to do it, because going into the dungeon, like, you're getting stuff for free, yay, but you're wasting a ton of time, and you're not likely going to get anything all that good. Also, it wasn't me, me. fun. <laughs> yeah, that too, yeah. The dungeon, the dungeon part is terrible. So awful. But you just buy stuff up at the in the dungeon system. Uh, so you buy stuff up, like, uh, when it, whenever there's a shortage or whatever like that, you just buy it up and you sell it for 200% profit. And they just pay it happily, and they think you're giving them a great deal, even though you're marking your stuff up to 200% what you paid for it. Beautiful. What really baffles me, though, is that all these shops around town sell this stuff, and yet people are coming to my shop. And <laughs> twice what I bought it for. 
I'm sorry, my I favorite was the little girls. When the little girls come in and try to panhandle you, that was amazing. <laughs> That's the other thing that game I think there's a conspiracy going on with that game because there's only like five people in the town. <laughs> they all look the same. It's like the Stepford Wives, except it's the whole town. <laughs> it's creepy. That's creepy. Like when, whenever you get those swarms of little girls in there buying whatever the hell they want, they're they they all look the same. They all talk the same. They don't have names. They're just little girl. <laughs> I thought little girls in the shop are kind of the funniest, creepiest part of the game too. <laughs> But they, like, it was always so satisfying ripping them off. Like, yes. Uh, go away, <laughs> children of the corn. Back to your fields. <laughs> All right, Alex, did you play anything from before 2013 last year? I was struggling to find a good one that I remembered because once I could remember was one of the Legend of Heroes games that Namco did. <laughs> and the other one was Kingdom Hearts, which I did not like at all. Oh. <laughs> but so apparently, you make, yeah. right? Yeah, I did it in HD form, but that didn't help. But <laughs> apparently, I completed The Witcher 2 last year. Oh! That, so I'll go for that, because that was awesome. Did you read the books yet? No, I haven't read the books. <laughs> he Can doesn't have to read the books. They're so, so, so good. Like, really good. How many of those are translated now? Three. Three? Okay. I still need to read the second one. Oops. <laughs> Wait, I you, think, you, you read the first and the third one? No, I read the prequel and the first one. Ah, wait. The Last Wish is a prequel. If it's a prequel, shouldn't you read it later? The Blood of Elves is the first one, and then I don't know what the second one is called. It's like the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. You can just change the order around later. Yeah, just read them whenever you want. The Shelf of Shame is too far to go grab from. (laughs) (laughs) The Shelf of Shame. All right, so do we have a winner? (laughs) Do we need a winner? Let's see. They're Uh, all awesome. Winners for all. Everyone too is a winner because I'm still playing that now, and it's from before. Everybody wins. All right, everyone wins, but really, Borderlands two. No, I don't like that. Done. (laughs) Disagree. (laughs) I will play Borderlands two at some point. (laughs) We have to play. You will love. I got to play it with you. Yeah. I know I will love. It was a little rough. I, I actually hate Tiny Tina's dialogue except for the DLC because I think she is um, way over the top and I don't know. I don't like her her in-game. She really stuff. reigns it in the DLC and keeps it real. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the crumpet stuff is awesome, all right? Just, that is. Yeah, all right. Anyway. Salad. When Butt Stallion flies in, I hate like, the Butt Stallion stuff. In. I, I like this. I hate that. That Butt Stallion dialogue, I think, hurts that game. I think it needed better writing, but I don't want to go into that. Let's talk about our next category. Best Dungeon Design. This one. This is a category brought up by Mr. Glenn Wilson. So I'm assuming he had something in mind because I honestly don't know. <laughs> well, the, uh, well, Mac and I, when we were going over the reward award results, we noticed that Legend of Zelda didn't win anything, even though it was highly rated. So I was, we were trying to think of awards for next year that would award games that don't win like originality or graphics or sound, something to kind of get those games in. So like best participant though, award. I, Huh? Like best participant award, you know, stuff you give to like first graders <laughs> when they don't games win. Games like Zelda do well, so that they can best packaging. Is definitely something Zelda does well. But I can't say that I haven't played it yet. So we my, could we could come up with a category. Still comes with an instruction manual. Awesome. I don't, nothing would win that. <laughs> Somebody would. I'm sure they would. Somebody... I honestly don't remember the last time I got a game that had an instruction manual still in it. <laughs> Wasteland Two. That's going to have an instruction manual. 
if you yeah, but who, who's been buying that physically? I mean, everyone's <laughs> been buying that digitally. Uh, if you the Kickstarter pledges have physical crap. That's about it. Yeah, they're, they're it's not going to show up in stores or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, for me, last year, I guess probably best dungeon design might be Final Fantasy fourteen. That oh, interesting. Like, I probably spent the longest doing dungeons in that game, and with strangers or with people that I knew, it was always fun. You know, they had good variety to them. They, they, I think everyone that plays that game has some memorable, like the first dungeon that has poison. Everyone kind of remembers as the poison dungeon because it kind of catches you off guard and you right. have to react to it. And I played as a, a white mage, so. Like, that would be a major mechanic of something I never had to do before. And then, you know, other ones that were a little more healing-based, other ones you could attack more, the different tricks they did. You know, for a multiplayer, for an MMO, not that I've uh, played any other than fourteen, but if I had, I imagine that I would say fourteen did a really good job making interesting <laughs> dungeons. And even some of the post-game raids that you had to do over and over again. I like the zaniness of playing with strangers made them fun, too, because I, I thought it was more fun playing with strangers who would be terrible and just the different terrible, stupid things they would do, making the dungeons more fun to play. So like Mass Effect multiplayer, which we had a blast playing. <laughs> right, exactly. You never know when you're going to get a good egg or a bad egg. So you kind of... Our favorites were the bad eggs. What's that person doing? Oh, they just died. Are you going to resurrect them? No. No. <laughs> well, I think that's where I get bored with RPGs sometimes, is when you kind of come up with a strategy and you just do that for the rest of the game. And dungeons were different between them and the people in them. You kind of had to react and re-strategize, and you weren't necessarily doing the same thing every time. Well, until you got to some of the post-game raids, if you got parties that just did nothing but that. But those are probably the best dungeons of any game I played this year. Nice. I got two picks for this one, but both have really... <laughs> Do you have two picks for every category? No, just... oh, no. Okay. It's more of, to be honest... I don't really pay attention to dungeon design, so... Well, you notice me, when they annoy you, most likely, right? I am... It, that's true. That's so the thing. So you have the best a worst, or two worsts that you can't... No, 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 no. The two that I've picked are actually kind of unique in their situations. Um, I want to pick Atelier Aisha, because actually, in that particular game, a lot of the uh, dungeon environments were a lot more unique and a lot more... Um, just, there was a lot more variety compared to the games in the Arlen series. Uh, especially the last dungeon before you find Neo. Um, there's this giant flower dragon that's the final boss, but going through that last area to get there, like with the music going with it, I was like, ooh, this is really pretty and kind of haunting. I kind of like this. Um, the second choice I have is Adventure Time, which I know, Adrian, you only played one dungeon of, but um, the reason I'm picking that one actually has more to do with the fact that once you get to the boss fights on every floor, you get a unique experience, which I really love because... In those dungeon crawler roguelike style games, I mean, usually you're just going through a dungeon, you fight the dudes, you go up a floor. But with the way that the bosses are situated in this one, I mean, you get situations of do math equations. <laughs> or, you know. Well, that, um, sounds like, that sounds like boss design, not it's level design. I know, it's, it, that's the problem, right? Like, I didn't, I can't say I played anything where it was, like, amazing. Like, there are levels where you, you have to do really weird things in order to go up the floors, but it's like, again, it's not so much that the dungeon was memorable, it's more of the bosses were. It's like Adventure Time, best dungeons of the year, 2.5 out of 5. Hey, it broke. <laughs> I was sad. You don't remember my heartbreak, do you? Actually, I agree with you on Aisha, though, because uh, 
those they were they had a lot more diversity to them. The other games are kind of all fields or all ruins. Aisha did do some well, interesting things, and that Aisha last dungeon was really dungeon great. dungeon that I love too, which was the library. Yeah, that was a good dungeon, oh, which was really cool because of the way it's structured. You know, you're going down this giant labyrinth of a of a library. You know? and I feel it's like they got inspired really... a little more by trying to make a world that was in ruin to you know, make some environments that were different from typical forests and beaches and stuff that the other three games overused. Well, and just even like some of the areas where um, you take the hot air balloon over, like even those areas were a lot different, Um, especially like the snow sand, which was kind of neat. (laughs) That would blow in your face as you're running around. I thought that was kind of neat. So just little things like Aisha's not, I'm not saying it's the most amazing dungeon design and I'm going to give it, to Aisha because it actually sounds better than Adventure Time. <laughs> um, but Aisha just has that nice part of with the dungeons, it's got the music and the graphics kind of rolling with it. So it's just, they're fun to explore for the most part and they just have enough difference. I would say Gus kind of learned their lesson about friggin' fields all the time. <laughs> Our I, consumers I totally want fields. Totally agree with Glenn about the fields. There's, yeah. There was too many of them, especially in Meruru. Meruru was one of the worst vendors. Now, Atelier Games, of course, you would just really want a dungeon full of barrels, right? Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Yeah, okay. That's what I Barrel figured. time. All right, so I've got a pick that's... So, I okay. even though I p- played one of the most amounts of games ever last year for me, um, I still played very few compared to the rest of the show. So, um, I could either cop out and say Etrian Odyssey 4, which is a game all about dungeons, or I'm going to try and say something interesting. Um, Pokemon X and Y for me, I really enjoyed their dungeon design because they stopped making long-ass dungeons in Pokemon. Hells so, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so that, that was nice. So that's my pick. It's like, thank you for finally cutting down on the most I boring s- part of the game. That's a great I pick. Still, I still <laughs> have is. nightmares about the damn that damn giant cave in the middle of uh, Diamond Pearl. <laughs> that cave was horrible. Oh, gosh. Even though Victory Road was pretty short and straightforward and had shortcuts in it. Well, the I mean, whole game was like streamlined just to get you through the end so you could start playing with other people, really. And I think that's the way it should be in a Pokemon like, the cool game. The thing with that game was it was designed to be playing with other people right from the start. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. As soon as Wonder Trade opened up, you're interacting with people constantly. It was amazing. I love Wonder Trade. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think, I, I that think was that's, all you know, I did. that's the mechanic because that was a brilliant mechanic. I got good stuff out of Wonder Trade, too. I'd be giving people, like, crappy Pidgeys and shit. And You're all. the one that kept sending me the Pidgeys. <laughs> it was me, Glenn. It was my fault. I sent you Pidgeys. I'm hitting, like, the, the sc- Scutterbug, Scatterbug, oh, whatever yeah. the bug is you find in the first forest that's terrible. <laughs> you get a lot of crap sometimes, but you can get some pretty cool stuff, too. Like, a lot of I got of those, I just sent are, it back. Uh, a lot of the time when people are uh, playing uh, with, uh, like, playing around with the breeding system and just breeding new stuff, they'll send out their, their rejects over the Pokemon, yeah. uh, over Wonder Trade, and you can get some really cool stuff. Yeah, I one man's trash is many people's treasure. EV, uh, four, four perfect IVs out of that was pretty cool. Wait, their trash had perfect IVs? Yeah, four it's wow. They want all. Perfect. Oh, right, right. If it doesn't right. have all, if it doesn't have at least five, I don't even know how you figure tra- that out. Man's oh trash is another man's treasure. Oh, yeah. I got some good stuff in Wonder Trade too. Jeez. Oh, um, let's see. Alex, did you uh, do you have a dungeon design pick? Yeah, I was going to cop out on Sam and pick two. 
But the first one I think is Dragon's Dogma Darker Risen. Ooh. It's basically a 25-hour expansion, which is basically a dungeon. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's best dungeon of the year is the Darker Risen one? Yeah. Huh. I, like it. I think it's... It, it's uh, it didn't really have that many sort of epic dungeons in the original game, but this is basically all dungeon, and it's all great. I mean, it's got the... It uses the sort of light system it had sort of almost constantly, so you're always relying on your... Lantern, and also it's got loads of enemies which sort of work in tandem with all the room designs, everything like that. It goes brilliantly. The other one I was going to pick was The Incredible Adventures of Van Helsing. Was, I really that, liked. Isn't random. that game uh, random? Yeah, doesn't it have random dungeons. I don't. Um, I don't think so. Cause I, yeah, all... they don't feel random to me. I just played through that as well, and they seem to be the same thing every time. Yeah, if I figured since it's a Diablo clone, it would have uh, procedurally generated dungeons. Well, not no, all think, the Diablo no, clones do. No, I think this one's one where they've all actually been designed. Yeah. It certainly looks that way. It that would have been really way. hard to do with Van Helsing's design style. Well, that's actually kind of nice, because you know what? That procedurally generated stuff is getting ridiculous. The amount <laughs> of people are going, going for that instead of actual traditional dungeon design is getting ridiculous. Getting crazy. Well, I, I mean, the reason you do that in the Diablo game is because you're replaying the dungeons a lot, so you don't want them to feel old, right? So th- it does have that downside if you're replaying the Van Helsing dungeons, which they added a mode where you can make the monsters respawn every time you quit the game, so you could do exactly that. So, I don't know. Eh. Yeah, I mean, the thing I like that is I really loved all the sort of exploration, because there's sort of tons of paths in each one of the dungeons, so I spent hours just going through every single one of them. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I think I like the design on that. All right, um, I more like the loot system in that game. All right, anyway, um, and that Chris, leaves... sorry, do you have any interest in playing uh, Etrianasi Untold? Because you mentioned EO Four having a good dungeon. Uh, I thought Untold had a better dungeon than Four. Well, I, you, that's what my wife move over to me because <laughs> Untold is on my list. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, let's go right to Adrian. <laughs> yeah, I got I got two picks as well. Um, the first one is obviously Etrian Odyssey Untold, which I actually didn't get to play until this year. I played it uh, in January, and I wish I'd played it back in 2012, uh, 2013, so that I could have uh, mentioned it in my best of year uh, the year list because it was fantastic. Um, and the dungeon design, especially, is one of the great things about that game. Um, I don't know what the original Etrian Odyssey was like, but I can compare it to Etrian Odyssey 4, which I tried to play and eventually gave up on because it's not nearly as good. Uh, the biggest thing is that it offers up a lot of little little things that make things a lot better, like the, the floor jump feature and things like that. So you can move around between the floors at will. There's lots of side quests and stuff like that that send you back to the floors. Um, the dungeons themselves, is, of course, the whole point of the game is to map them out as you go. And uh, the way to design it with the little shortcuts here and there that you can find, little hidden bits and pieces all over the place. It feels like the Japanese equivalent of a game like Oblivion or Skyrim in that it's all about the exploration. It's all about getting out there, finding cool stuff that's hidden in these dungeons. And they injected the traditional Japanese story mode uh, into it, which really helped bring you into it. But uh, I, I just I just like the fact that it was all about exploring. There's always something cool to find on every floor. 
Well, I mean, it, four is just like that as well in that element. Um, except four, as far as I was able to find, doesn't have any of the floor jump features, which means no. that every time you want to go down the floor, you have to go down the entire freaking. No, you have to you use the shortcuts is what you do. Yeah, but so. that's not even close to being as fast. It's sure, a pain sure. in the ass. Yeah. It's, it's not nearly as well designed as Etrian Odyssey Untold was, which is why I'd say Etrian I gave up on Etrian Odyssey 4 rather quickly, actually. So I have not played that one, but I ended up buying it on your recommendation, so I can't wait to give it a go. Yeah, I I had a blast. I think I'll, I think I will actually have more patience for that one than I would some of the other games. I would really like to see what uh, them take what they did with Atrium Odyssey Untold and inject it into the future games. Because if they do that with the future games in the series, I will totally play those and I'll have a blast. But uh, the way they had Atrium Odyssey Four designed, I just it I couldn't get into it. So uh, anyways, I only I finished. They made it to and try to make it accessible to maybe younger gamers or newcomers to the genre. A lot of the dungeons were kind of small, bite-sized pockets, and they were kind of boring, or they would have one trick to them. There really wasn't much of a sense of a, like a big dungeon that you were exploring, which is what the series had from the start. And I think EO Untold went back to that, having yeah. like a big, sprawling dungeon, but then it was convenient to move through with the shortcuts and the floor jumping, so you could kind of choose to what extent you wanted to explore every nook and cranny or not, and it felt more rewarding and engaging that you were like constantly looking at something new. Whereas four was more, you know, tiny three floor dungeons. It it just I don't know, they didn't really four didn't grab me as much in that way. Right, let's settle this. Anna, you played both four and Untold um, Millennial Girl, right? Yep. What well, which one had a better dungeon design? Um, neither of them. <laughs> neither of them, she <laughs> says. <laughs> They were both fine. Okay. All right. It was the story that set them apart. Well, thanks for selling it, settling this. <laughs> yeah. She, okay. she, uh, she only prefers the story in the untold <laughs> one, which obviously everybody prefers the story in the, in the untold. Well, when I was going through the statistics when we were putting together rewards, I noticed between EO4 and EO Untold that every staff member that played 4 and Untold scored Untold higher. Yeah. Okay. And that... Well, conversely, people that played only four and didn't play Untold scored four higher than the people that played both. Hmm. So, so, maybe the people, so maybe the staff members that thought they really liked four need to try Untold. <laughs> it's like even <laughs> better. Like it. Yeah, it does yeah, sound it like it. I, I feel like I've had enough. Like, I I don't need that much dungeon crawling. So it's like, no, well, I'm good didn't now. didn't you also just beat both, Chris? No, I only beat four. Oh, you only beat four. Yeah, yeah. It's Anna who beat both. Yeah, well, because she did but it on I, I easy. Think- I think what it was about uh, Edrian Odyssey Untold that really made the dungeon stand out to me is that every time you finish a floor, you finish the floor. Uh, that, that's something that was wrong with uh, Edrian Odyssey 4 is because every time you finish a floor in Edrian Odyssey 4, you have to do that floor over and over again, going back through it every time you need to get to the floor below it. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Edrian Odyssey Untold, once the floor is done, the floor is done and you can move on to the next floor. Well, for obvious reasons, because if back. they didn't do that, by the time you get near the bottom of the dungeon, it would take you forever to get there, so... True, but you, they, you'd still have like the uh, the jump to the strata and stuff like that. You'd yeah. have to go down. If it was designed the way Etrian Odyssey Four was designed, you'd have to travel back down through every single strata every time you wanted to get to the, like right, right. the fifth floor or whatever. Yeah. Which I think was part of what really made it. Yeah, you really wouldn't have liked the last part of Four then, where you kind of go back through every dungeon again. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would not like that. I'm glad I gave up. <laughs> that on sounds that kind one. of horrible. It's new. It's new. <laughs> it's actually it, what you do is you end up finding a spot of each dungeon had a spot on the map that you never got to, and then at the very end, they take you through that spot, and it's full of high-level enemies, and 
yeah, and you find out, oh, they're all actually interconnected, and like, uh... Yeah. Anyways, the other game on my list, uh, besides Etrian Odyssey Untold, was what we talked about at the beginning, and that was uh, Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds. And um, that one is just traditional Zelda design gone to the next level. And it's um, not an RPG. I, let's, let's talk it into that. We've been talking about that for years. But, um, the, hey, if we're talking the, about the, Zelda, I'm going to snooze for a few minutes be back. Oh. Uh, it's, it's more than just... <laughs> It's more than just the regular dungeons. Like um, Zelda's always had great dungeons, but it's the world, the design of the world itself that really amazed me because this is the first Zelda game I've ever played where the world was a dungeon in and of itself. Um, The the way the the shadow world and the regular world are interconnected, um, the way that you have to travel to uh, find your way to the other dungeons, just exploring the world itself is like exploring a dungeon, and that was really impressive. Okay, so even though I'm kind of a jerk to Zelda, kinda, I actually do want to play Link Between Worlds because the only Zelda game I like is A Link to the Past. Then and everyone has told me basically, if you like that, then you can play you A Link should Between be good Worlds with this and one, you yeah. will not be angry at it. No. <laughs> so I will probably play it, just not anytime soon. It's so I can still Olympics continue to be like, meh, at Zelda for a while. In, in preparation for the Olympics, I saved a backlog of 3DS games to play while I half-watch it, and Zelda's in that backlog. Those poor Canadian figure skaters. <laughs> I'm so mad. Was that the one that fell in her face? No, that's <laughs> the one where it's like, oh, by the way, the Russians rigged this. The ice dancing. Mm. Oh, I guess so in America we didn't care about that because we weren't going to win. <sighs> no, it's true. You never win ice dancing. There's no winner. All right. like the Olympics in America is we don't win anything, so they just show you the best events. In the Summer Olympics, it's like... We're going to win everything, so we have to show you a hundred swimming competitions because we'll win them. <laughs> like, no, I don't want to watch four hours of swimming. Well, that's this is this is why Canadians only watch the Winter Olympics. We never win anything <laughs> the in the summer. We never win. <laughs> we like winter sports. <laughs> that's the only so, season you have. So we need to pick a winner of dungeon design. So who's our winner? All of them. <laughs> we can't say that every time. Uh, the winner is Hometown Story because it doesn't have no, any dungeons. No, no. <laughs> that game wins nothing. But we have most painful dialogue coming up. Yeah, uh, there we go. I don't my, know. Yeah. Okay, winner. Let's I say... Give it to Untold. Untold had good dungeons. Yeah, sure. Okay. Winner is Untold because apparently we all like to agree with each other. Yes. All right. Sounds good. All right. So... <laughs> This next category we might throw out on the fly. 2013 game that was less than the sum of its parts and how it was held back. What a complicated like category. Yeah. <laughs> this is like existential here. Sometimes um, I get drunk and send you suggestions for podcast conversations. You know, this is actually, Anna. Anna's right. This, this might be the category for it. Hometown Story totally fits into here. <laughs> That is a game that when you put it all together, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> but if you actually look at what they were going for in certain aspects of it, it's like, There's yeah, ideas. that could have been really good. There's some good ideas in here. Um, it's the game of ideas, but yes. execution got a little special. It's like, yeah, we have these Persona-style cutscenes, except we make it so you have no idea how to trigger them, progress upon them, or if there are any more left. You have no idea how to continue we forward. Al- we also make them the only method of progression, even though the game is supposedly about the store. Right. Uh, additional 
additionally, you have the store, which is fine and, and you can manage its profits, but it actually doesn't mean anything other than a way to advance the plot based on an archaic way of figuring out what items need to be in your store at what time and what items need to be in your pocket instead. Thanks. <laughs> like, oh. I kind of want to say Rune Factory 4 needs to go here, too. Oh, really? Ooh, that's a good one. Because Rune Factory 4 has the problem of, like, it's a three-part game but the way that each part ends you're just kind of thinking well is it over is it over like can it please be over because <laughs> that's it's, how i was feeling in hometown <laughs> it's it's kind of awful because the localization is really good it is but as a game four just it felt so flat and boring and i just got so angry with it half the time because it just didn't feel like it was doing anything different from the previous rune factory games so it's kind of funny when everyone's like this is the best rune factory game i'm like really it's the same freaking game i would actually say was four was special and a good idea for this category because it took the exact same parts three had and then put them together in a way that was terrible (laughs) instead of putting them together in a way that was great like as much as we all joke that Rune Factory 3 was hilarious because, you know, you were a guy who transformed into a woolly. Yeah. At least the story in that game was actually really well executed and very well thought out for the most part. In this game, the story's actually kind of stupid. <laughs> um, and don't even get me started on the final boss fight. No, I want to get you started on Which the final one? boss site fight. How many final boss the very, fights are the, in the very, game? The very last one. The one that's not a new game. Like, Okay, so there's... The first part, the second part, and the New Game Plus. I didn't bother with New Game Plus because I just, at that point, I was exhausted. I didn't care. I wanted to write the review. So the second part's the one I'm going to talk about. You should know exactly which part I'm talking about, Glenn, because I immediately bitched to you right after I finished the game because it took me, like, two hours to do. Oh, yeah. And I never died. It just took two (laughs) hours to do because every time, every time you beat the boss, it's like, oh, here's another part to the boss. Here's lots of mundane dialogue. Let's do another boss fight. And then more mundane dialogue. Here's another boss fight. And it goes on like this for almost two hours. And it's like, what were you thinking? Like, why does it need to be this long? I was thinking you should have leveled up your skills more first. It had been shorter. Still didn't feel short. I was at level, like, 80. <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> I don't remember, actually, but I know I was at a pretty high level. I'm going to find out the game doesn't <laughs> even have a level. sounded high. I was <laughs> level 200. <laughs> you can't be 200, you jerk. I don't remember, but I just, I remember being at a decent level. I All remember right. I wasted the time with the stupid crafting, which, by the way, no incentive for crafting in this game. It's just like, here's the crafting. Well, okay. Well, in the other games, they give you an incentive to use it. Yeah. This is the first one that's like, yeah, it's here. You don't make it sound like the parts are any good in this game either. Well, (laughs) the same parts Factory 3 had. Okay. It's all the parts of Rune Factory 3 just done poorly. Okay. So it makes you kind of go, why did you bother? Because they At wanted more money. Tides of Destiny bad. Oh. I I played that for an hour. (laughs) It kind of did. That's awful to say. I will say it's definitely been held back in Europe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez, Alex. You horrible person, you. Anyone else have one for this category? Oh, <laughs> uh, for yeah. diversity's sake, I can go with Shin Megami Tensei 4, which, not a bad game, but had all the same pieces in it of the SMT main series and spinoffs that I absolutely love. But now, was... did you like the one that was in Antarctica or whatever that was? Um... Strange Journey. Strange Journey? 
uh, I did not love Strange Journey. No. Okay. So but this my, is more like uh, Nocturne and stuff that you're thinking of? If Strange Journey had ended after the first series of dungeons, it would have been a much tighter, better game to me. But instead, it tacks on these really long, kind of unplayable and boring dungeons after the fact. So you play for about 40 hours, and it feels like it's about done. And then it's like 40 more hours, it's only two dungeons, and it was really boring. Oh, it's like a Zelda game. Zelda games can be finished in 15 hours. Oh, okay. That's why I've never finished Strange Journey. The one was only like 18, so... Like, Like Twilight Princess? That's like the longest Zelda game ever made. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, it's the field is so big. All right, the run back and forth. All right, so SMT four, um, you're comparing it to Nocturne and stuff, and but it's well, not Nocturne, as good. Journey, the personas. I mean, even to an extent, Catherine, because Catherine, you made by the same people and had the same plot feel to it. But you know, it, it took the morality that's always been part of the series and the philosophies and just really dumbed them down to being one sentence long. And then when you have it want, the game wants to have people who are avatars of these philosophies. It just really dumbed down, oversimplified them. They, For a game that was that long, the characters were just oblivious to what was happening in the world around them. So, I mean, I, I don't, That was you know, very frustrating. Like, I didn't beat it. I actually do want to go back to it, but I agree with you about that, because the way that they have the, the, uh, the morality structured, it's like one so blatantly like oblivious to the other, because they're too busy kind of going like, ah, I'm chaos, and ah, I'm law, and ah, you're stupid, and ah, you're stupider. And that's how they treat it. Particularly close to the end of the game, it shows very clear examples of why each of those philosophies is terrible, and <laughs> they still yep. stick to them. And there's no explanation for why. It'd be one thing if they were, you know, we watch enough media where there are, you know, villains or, or heroes that stick to a philosophy, even though it doesn't seem perfect. You, you can explain it away, but there's nothing in that in the game. So it's like they're just going to law is good and religion is good and God's going to make these rules and we're going to do them no matter what. And then you see an example of that ending all life as we know it. And they're like, yeah, sounds good. Let's go do this. It's... What about the neutral path? Did you bother with that? Because everybody says that's kind of an interesting That felt like the perspective. right But you get locked out of it and it's not easy to get on accident unless... Uh, without a guide unless you're lucky it was, i looked it up after the fact and um it doesn't show you where your alignment is and it's constantly shifting throughout the game and you have to land in a really narrow spot in order for the neutral path yeah, it's like Catherine again <laughs> yeah i guess you need a guide to get those endings. the difference in this game was that uh the neutral path really felt like the only right path it felt like anything but the neutral path and you're helping destroy the world because i actually liked that character the character yeah, that you're paired with for the neutral path. I actually, every time she comes up, I was like, I like you, so I just want to agree with you. She's the only one that's like, things look kind of messed up, let's fix them. The other two are like, no, let's make them more messed up. <laughs> Especially Curly Top there, like, the law guy's a little creepy. I was not fond of him. Also, although this has the base battle system that I like a lot, the, the strategic ones were from Nocturne and Persona and Street Journey built on it. They reward you for hitting strengths or hitting enemy weaknesses. And if enemies hit your weaknesses, it punishes you. But I thought overall the the combat just felt slow and it had like little flaws in it that weren't in the other games. So even the, like the combat was kind of drawn down a little bit for me. And just the overall interaction, not to mention that world map. That world map was Oh, disgusting. the map is terrible. I, I have had to use a guide a couple times just to make sure I'm going in the right direction because that's mm-hmm. how bad it is. 
So everything about the game was just a little rough for me. I thought it was a little ugly, too. I didn't think the music was very good. It was just for a series that has always done everything so well and made pretty much by the exact same people. You know, all that talent was there, but they made a game that was, you know, just okay. All right, Alex, you got one for us? Yeah, well, I was going to say Shin Megami Tensei 4 oh, has okay. also been held back in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bitter. This is your shtick. <laughs> yeah. Well, Quinn's not here. Someone has to complain about region lock. Okay. <laughs> Do you have but, one, though? Uh, I, did, I did have one. I was going to poke the angry nest of Tails fans by saying Tales of Exilia. Ooh. Why? Just, just because I think there's so many things that I should love about it. All the features are probably at the top of their game for the Tales series, but it's nowhere near my favorite Tales game. So it's less than some of its parts because it should be your favorite Tales game and it's not? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a personal issue more than anything. (laughs) So that means you think it's pretty good then, right? Yeah, I do think it's, it's pretty good. It's just not, not your favorite. favorite. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. It's an and acceptable answer. Adrian. Uh, you know what? I'm going to, just you know, to keep things mixed up and interesting, I'm going to nominate Nino Kuni. Ah. Because uh, I, I think Sam will agree. There's a lot of ideas in there that are decent. And, it's and just, poorly executed. And it's just a lot of, they're just poorly executed. Exactly. There's uh, all sorts of little problems in the game that just compound that to make system. it uh, that battle system is one of them. Um, the like the monster catching system. It's cool having the monsters in your party. The problem is actually catching the damn thing. It's awful because you have to use <laughs> Esther, and Esther's dumb as a brick. She really is. Like her AI. All the allies. All the AI. Oh my allies God, are the dumb AI is awful in that game. And yeah, it's the fact yeah. that you only have a very tiny margin in hopes that Esther will actually catch the monster for you. I don't know how many times in the side quests I got so bitter because. You know, I use that window of opportunity of, oh my god, the monster is almost dead. I might be able to get it. And then Oliver walks up, whacks it, and kills it. I'm like, thank you, game. That's totally what I wanted. Like, there's later no way to in, later sort Later in the of... game, too, like, they break the game, too, with some of the spells that Oliver gets. Oh. Oliver's spells are so overpowered, it's insane. <laughs> That's why all the final the final boss was so friggin' easy in that game. Just because of that one light spell or whatever it is. Yep. It's like a, a missile. It's like, boom, you're dead. Well, once you got Mornstar, too, <laughs> yeah, that's the like, one. everything yeah, just that's the one. destroys everything. And you're just like, well, I guess this battle system has use, doesn't it? Yeah. Mornstar, 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 Mornstar. Oh, look, I beat the game. Yay! <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's how pretty I much it. Yeah, that's, how, that's, um, what, how it, that's what it turns into. It's really awful, too, because, you know, Adrian mentioned the White Witch arc, and I 100% agree with them. That arc feels so tacked on. On top it of is the fact tacked that on. it wasn't in the original game, they tacked it on for the well, PS3 version. No, but what I'm saying is, you gotta love the fact that you play this game and you have this mysterious girl named P, and she follows you around, and she's kind of annoying. And then you get to the White Witch arc, and it's all about her. But she repeats her story six times to you, as if to say, "You're yeah. dumb and clearly don't know my story." <laughs> so I'm going to tell you six times how my oh story my goes. And I'm never playing going, this game. And here's me going like. No, just just to prove how amazing this is. So Scott was sitting beside me while I was playing White Witch Art. And he goes, who wrote the story? And I said, I don't know, check. He goes, oh my god, it's Akihiro Hino, the worst Gundam writer ever. <laughs> right? He's like, now I know why this game shit was written by him. <laughs> and we're sitting there and we're like, just baffled by the fact that people think the story in this game is good. 
Well, here's and the it thing. It, 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 it's good arc. up until the right white with the white witch arc. Like the story is actually pretty decent up can until you, that arc ruins everything. Do, can you just stop playing then? Does it make sense as an endpoint? No, to, that's oh. the problem because you get to the end with Shadar, and if the game had ended on Shadar. It would make perfect sense. You mean like it, it did in the would, 3DS? Or yeah, the and DS. it would make yeah. perfect sense. Like, it would be a great ending. But it's the fact that they take it one step further, and that one step further just comes across really baffling, and, and it just doesn't make sense. Hmm. And a lot of the time, the White Witch in the story really does feel tacked on. Like, you know, well, she'll talk to Shadar. And, she, has no pur- she has no purpose in the game no. up until the White Witch arc. And it's like okay, so why? Am and that's I probably because get... those cutscenes didn't exist. I I would not. I, I haven't actually played the DS version since it was never localized. But I would not be surprised if P and the White Witch never appear For... whatsoever in the original DS version. It it's one of those games where I feel like if it had actually been written by Studio Ghibli, I think we would have gotten a completely different beast in terms of how the story and the characters would have been developed. Like I don't like the characters in this game. I think they're actually really piss-poor examples of how to write good children. Oliver's the only exception, and Oliver even has his moments where he's absolutely grating. Because he's just so oblivious to things. It's like, come on, child. I know you're eight. The problem is, Level 5 wrote it, so you had video game developers trying to write stories instead of people that know how to write stories. No, it's the problem. I guess my problem is more of just the fact that when it comes to storytelling, if you're going to do a story that's based on childhood wonderlust, actually make it something that people can actually fall in love with and give a shit about. This game is a great example of just how not to give a shit about what's happening. Because the writing just doesn't do enough. Well, do you think that's the localization? No, it's not. No, it's not the localization. The localization, localization is fantastic. Oh. It's, 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 it's a really good localization. The, the voice acting is usually pretty damn... Sp- Damn it's good. It's strong. Just, it's very yeah, strong. it's very it's very strong. It's and it's just it's just the uh, the it's the actual structure of the plot itself and the fact that the White Witch arc actually negates much of the point of the main story. Of that's the, story. the thing that really that that's the thing that really bugged me. The the main storyline all throughout the game, it is suggested that the entire purpose of the game is that none of this is actually happening. It's all in Oliver's head. He's trying to cope with yeah. the loss of his mother, and then the White Witch arc comes along. It's basically. No, that's not what's happening. This whole thing nope, is actually it really... real. It's totally legit. It's real. It's actually happening. Oliver's a little wizard boy. He's a totally real and wizard boy, and it's just it's, it's makes stupid. It... it ruins it. And what makes it even crappier is when you get to the end with Shadar, you know what? If it ended right there, like I said, the plot would actually make perfect sense, but mm-hmm. especially once you get the reveal with Shadar. It would make perfect sense. Okay. But so Tiny fact- Tina's DLC took place in both kind of the real world and kind of imagination, and that worked. Tiny <laughs> Tina, here, here's the thing: this Tiny Tina's that. DLC is the example is an example of what Nino Kuni tried to do, but did it, they <laughs> did, did it, it right. Tiny <laughs> Tina did it right. It's the same basic storyline, except they did it properly. <laughs> it's, it's it's painful. It's painful because you know you see the potential in Nino Kuni, and then when you start to pick it apart your brain just kind of explodes and you want to like scream at the entire world for well, okay. Hirohino's mess. Keep in mind this is this is an anime and don't all animes fall apart at the end anyway? No. I can I can name I can name two <laughs> no, of course two, not. um two Japanese games that have the same <laughs> basic idea uh, uh, the same basic idea of their storyline basically it's in your head and they're trying to cope with some sort of tra- tragedy. Yeah. I can name two games that do it well. 
Final Fantasy Tactics Advance and Brave Story New Traveler. Both of them oh, are based on the same. Exactly. There's nothing done well in Tactics Advance. But you know what? Brave Story is actually a good example because right. in that case, when you have a character who's trying to deal with a coping mechanism, um, the way that the game approaches it, you have the right kind of, of feeling toward it. You do have the level of sympathy. I think what made me mad about Nino Kuni is I just didn't have sympathy for the characters. And I think when you have a game that opens with, hey, your mom is dead, you, you should feel something toward they, a kid they like that. They didn't, do, they didn't handle that part well enough either. That that happened way too quickly. You didn't have enough time to bond with the mother before she was killed. And then, you, then the game given, is like, hi, give a shit about Alicia. And it's like, Why? I can't. We knew her for two seconds. We don't know what she. We don't know who she is. I mean, for all we know, she abused him. To you, by default, hate children and mothers. Ah. The game establishes a connection with you. You care about. Well, for all we know, she was beating the kid at night. Who knows? It's, true. I mean, it's like we we didn't know a damn thing about her. We we saw her for literally thirty seconds before she died. The holes just really make this game really painful to talk about. Because right. the holes are just so big, and it's like, you need to throw these pants away. Why are you keeping them? It's one of those situations. All right, so who's our winner? You know, Cooney. Duh. <laughs> no, I gotta go. I, I think home, I think Hometown Story is the okay, winner. Okay, Hometown Story. I say we make it a tie, because Hometown Story makes Adrian just as mad as Nino Cooney makes me mad. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Alex and Glenn. Yours just don't. Hey, I can't believe I put play, 50 hours in that You didn't have to play thing. Hometown Story, okay? I didn't have to play it, and I did it anyway, and I still don't know why. You... Uh, isn't that because you're married to the person who was their PR rep? Oh, <laughs> who's their social media person, but still. She didn't make me do it. Did, She's did, like, you, you won't yourself? like this. You hate She's yourself so good sometimes. at the mind games. That you I, probably gave you stern like, looks. I'm disappointed in myself for putting that much time into that game, yes. I want you to know I've played more of it than she has. Oh, <laughs> Even Anna oh, gave up on this God. sooner. I've gotten more <laughs> endings because I wanted to know how to get further endings. And, oh, you know, I've, I've... I couldn't even get to the ending. That's how bad it was. Like, it I got takes stuck. a while. <laughs> I got stuck after like 60 hours. I was like, screw this. I, I was trying guides. At 60 and you didn't get it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I was doing everything I could and I couldn't get past, do it faster than 50 hours. Oh... All right. This is one of those cases where Adrian was like, I didn't actually fully complete this game, but I still want to review it, and we were there all like, the, go for it. The thing it is, there, there, was a huge, there was a huge plot line. I think I know what I had to do in order to get the game moving again. The problem was, in order to do it, and I had to look this up on GameFAQs, I had to find an item that has a 1 in 30 chance of spawning every day. Oh, the oh no, no, that's not that hard. You're, you're talking about the acorns. and the, Yeah, that's, I had six of them. I, I know. I know. It's not that like, hard to, to farm those. No, it is, because I spent about, like, <laughs> what? I spent, like, ten hours trying to farm the goddamn thing. I guess I was lucky, then. <laughs> it just would, it would not spawn for me. It refused to spawn it for refused. me, so I finally gave up. <laughs> it's okay. That's a game worth giving up on. Yes, yes. Don't feel bad about that. Like, you missed, like, the best story in the game because you didn't do that, but at the same time, you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, you, I mean, it's the only sort of payoff you get for all that time you already invested. So at that point, it's like you kind of want something. But Well, I, I literally skipped through, like, almost an entire year of game time trying to get uh, everything to spawn, and it wouldn't spawn. It was ridiculous. That's funny. Crying face. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about best and worst use of budget, or GP as we have it written here. 
do we know enough about any game's budget to make any criticisms? Everything was on the 3DS this year. I mean, nothing had a budget. Yeah. <laughs> the only ones I can think of were like some of the enhanced editions, but yeah, I don't think there was a glaring misuse of budget this I year. I mean, the only the only company who really earned that this year is probably Double Fine, right? And they didn't do an RPG. <laughs> Honorary hey, RPG. Hey, you know what? Broken, Broken Age. Age turned out fantastic. It okay? did. You know it, I don't care how much of the money they spent on it. It was awesome. Yeah, I guess I have to agree <laughs> with you. Yeah. Um, probably Final Fantasy fourteen because they they you know I'm gonna nominate yeah, Final right. Fantasy fourteen. I think that's a I think that's both. I think that wins both best and worst use of budget. <laughs> it was originally Never. the worst, and we thought they were stupid and try keep pouring money into it, but it seems to have turned out pretty well. So well done, Square Enix, for it was making your money work. Use of budget. Yes, it's Final Fantasy fourteen. I, I can't think of anything. That even, I played that even had a budget because the worst <laughs> RPGs I played this year, I could tell there was no effort. All right, all right, no, no, no. Nino Cooney had a budget. Um, uh, uh, the PS3 version was kind of a. Let's see. Pretty. Hold or on, the something DS3 else. Version, right? uh, no, nah, there's nothing here. Let's, let's no, 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 no. Hold on, so there might be something. Uh, no. No. Class of Heroes 2. Let's talk about Class of Heroes 2 and yeah, how that works out. That's the worst Kickstarter <laughs> appeal of Heroes ever. 2 is rough. Not that the game was bad at all, but... Did their, uh, their Kickstarter failed, right? Yes, was, it did. So yeah, they, well, it failed Kickstarter, but I mean, they released it anyway. They, well, but... they they already they always hey, Glenn, were. Glenn, did you know they're also releasing Class of Heroes 2G on PS3 this year, supposedly? Mm. All uh, right. I'll believe it when I see it. I know this is Victor Ireland, so Lord forbid it could be another six years. But having completed the game, my issue with Class of Heroes 2 was that it was kind of buggy when it released. It felt like it was released in a... I mean, it didn't crash on you, but like one of the main glitches is in order to use recipes in the game, you have to buy the recipe from a shop. And there was a major glitch where you would buy a recipe and then it wouldn't give you the formula that you bought. And that's one of the major game mechanics that you need for crafting. So you buy recipes, and they just disappear. Or I think it there was a the, the the array the pointer for the array was off. So you would buy a recipe for a dagger, and it would give you the formula for a sword <laughs> somewhere else. That's great. You could probably t- use that to your advantage. And the the localization was a little spotty too. So I don't know what exactly they spent money on for Classic Heroes Two, and maybe they didn't spend much money at all, and it was a great use of that five thousand dollars. <laughs> Last year's two is a little rough. Yeah, I don't think okay, that, yeah. that could go on there. I think they got no money and they didn't do good, so I think that doesn't well, count. When your Kickstarter is, you know, even at the hundred dollar tier, we're going to give you a thank you letter, and that's <laughs> it. Come on, like that's yeah. just that was sad. That I'll was. Nominate, sad. I'll nominate something else. All I'm right. going to nominate something else for best use of budget. Yeah. Uh, Wind Waker HD. Um, it probably had a dirt, uh, dirt cheap budget since it was already uh, the game was already made. And they only had to basically Clean it up. update it for HD and add a bunch of stuff. But uh, yeah, they just honestly, ran it through what, the Dolphin emulator, right? That's all you need to do. Well, here's here's <laughs> the funny thing: Wind Waker HD went uh, the original Wind Waker was a cool game in concept, but it had tons of flaws. Wind Waker HD is a masterpiece. It's it is my current favorite Zelda game because it took everything that was wrong with Wind Waker. <laughs> it took everything that was wrong with Wind Waker and fixed it and then added in a whole bunch of other cool features. And honestly for the amount of money they probably spent on it, that is probably impressive. one of the best one it, yeah, yeah, it's very impressive. It's it's a it's a huge accomplishment. All right. If so... Link Between Worlds had internet selfies, would that be your favorite Zelda game ever? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, because you know what? The selfies okay. wouldn't be as interesting when Twin Worlds. The, the visual design isn't as good. All right, I'm going to give you a chance, Alex, to talk here. Did you, did you have one you want to nominate, or are we done? No, I think we're done. Okay, so I what's our winner? I think it's Final Fantasy fourteen, but I think for both it's work, it has to be Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> it's best and yeah, worst. I, I agree. <laughs> well done, guys. Showing yeah, us how not to do it and then how to do it. Good job. Okay, can, let's just put it out there for Scooby Doo plotline since that seems to be in the next category. Nino Kuni. Yeah, it's got <laughs> the it. best use of Scooby Doo plot lines in an RPG is Nino Kuni, nominated by uh, Sam Marcello. Do we have any arguments about this at all? I mean, I think we can probably move on. Well, there's. <laughs> you don't think we've. Uh... Wasn't there a second Ringed one we had just Kuni's talked story about? Enough yeah. yet on this podcast? Wasn't there another one that we said qualified for this? Um... Of just really special. Plot. I think it was an older game. I think it was an older game. We were talking about Grace's F, and yeah. that's an older game. Oh, that, good point. Uh, yeah. Grace's F was Scooby Doo, also. But... Yeah, but uh, there was a Tales game this year. Surely it does the same Cilia. thing, right? Cilia is not as bad, actually, in oh, terms okay. of Scooby Doo. There's okay. not a lot of mystery involved in that storyline. <laughs> the characters aren't completed yet either. So, <laughs> I like Mila. She makes me happy. All right, all right. So that wins it. Winner, Yay! Nino Kuni. Hang on. Scooby-Doo plotline. <laughs> Scooby-Doo I mean, plotline. All right. Hopefully our readers have some better choices for Scooby-Doo plotline. But Hopefully, yeah. You know. We'll see. I like I like this next category. Um, it, this is the the ino- <laughs> the Memorial White Knight Chronicles Award. The it sucked <laughs> the first time, but it ga- I gave it a second shot, and it still sucked. Award <laughs> originally so submitted by sequels, Ivan Real. Where we hated the first one, or yeah, or, or sequel once. or spiritual sequels, some sort of follow up. You just you picked like, up once, you tried it, you were like, "This is crap," and then you tried it again because you maybe maybe you were just looking at it the wrong way. <laughs> you gave it the wrong glance, and it still sucked. Uh, yeah, I'm th- for yeah, White Knight Chronicles Two is this game, for example. Um, it, what a mediocre piece, and then they, they came out with another one. Oh, surely they've no, they didn't fix anything. Uh, Valhalla Knights can we probably. Vote for a, yeah, can we vote for a game we haven't played? I was gonna say Valhalla Knights. Val- is kind of Valhalla Knights Three probably wins this, but none <laughs> of us Valhalla played Knights it. Valhalla Knights would always win this category. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just the eternal winner until they stop making those games, which. Please stop making those games. We're begging like, you because no, nobody have wants any to of review us, them. Have any of us finished a Valhalla Knights game? I've actually tried to bother playing one other than Glenn. Every, Just Glenn. Glenn talk and yet we it. all know not to. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know the story. We're, we're Glenn. Oh, well, Anna just raised her hand. <laughs> I was going to say, we all know the story about Glenn, who was like, I want to play this pile of shit, me, 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 me. So and Glenn, then he did, he cried. <laughs> Glenn, does uh, Classic Heroes qualify for this, or it was too too good for this? No, I liked them. I liked, uh, okay. I liked Oh, you Classic liked them both. Okay. I was going to say, you liked the first one better than the second one, didn't you? Well, they were pretty much the same. I, mean, mm. I think the problem with the second one was it was a little glitchier. It just okay. kind of, there wasn't a big difference between them. What about Avadon? It's more relative. Classic Heroes, when it came out, there weren't a lot of tile-based dungeon crawlers. And Classic Heroes 2, years later, came out amid EO4, EO Untold, SMT4, just within a few months. Can I, can I approach this one a little differently? Yeah, go for it. So, I played a really crappy game two years ago called Venetica, made by Deck 13. And I think that... Deck 13 really, like, upped their shittiness factor with Blood Knights because it was unplayable. So every time I picked Blood Knights up, I got a new glitch. And every time I would try to get a little further, new glitches would appear that would make me not be able to progress the game. I almost lost my husband over Blood Knights. (laughs) (laughs) Because we were too busy bickering about it, like, 
every time. Like, so we killed these guys. Magically, they respawned. But we're pretty sure we just killed them. And we still can't get past this one area because there's an invisible wall that says you need to kill all the spawning dudes. But we've already killed them like six times. And we're not going up any levels for some reason. No XP for killing these guys over and over again. Okay, uh, screw you, game. You're done. Like, Manetica was at least playable. I mean, its only major glitch was the fact that it would lie to you and say it was auto-saving, except that it wasn't. There was no real auto-saving. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Saving. So actually, that, just that was, like, the displaying only an icon, glitch. actually. No, but it was. Hey, you have the little swirly icon saying, like, totally auto-saving. And then you'd hit the auto-save feature and be like, by the way, no auto-save actually exists. And you'd be like, well, shit. You know, I lost three hours. Um, and I can handle that. That doesn't bother me as much. But Blood Knights, just, it was like one glitch after the other. And it was like, wow, Deck 13, I figured you'd actually up your game and learn something from Venetica. Oh, they Venetica showed you. Just, like I said, it was just a boring, bad game. But it was nothing like crippling the way Blood Knights was. So, Blood Knights. Uh, your worst RPG write-up for that was fantastic. <laughs> All right. That's my favorite award that we do each year. What, worst <laughs> RPG? Worst RPG. Yeah. And Sam got to write two-thirds of it this year. <laughs> what was number three? I'm pretty sure I wrote number three of the, uh, the you hometown did. story. You one. Yeah. Hometown yeah. Hometown story. <sighs> my, my other worst RPG is <laughs> going for the next category. All right, so everyone agrees Valhalla Knights here for this one? <laughs> It's always the winner. Yeah, all right, always the winner. Wait, wait, wait. Fuller, did you play something terrible that should belong there? I mean, you tried Kingdom Hearts and you said it sucked the first time. Yeah, that was the only thing I mentioned. Well, I suppose mainly because it has two games. So it so still sucked? Play. It's still painful? Yeah. yeah it's you awful. don't want your heart back? Give Rainbow <laughs> back his heart. Nobody, nobody played Monster Hunter and decided, no, I still don't like Monster Hunter. No, because we don't have wheels here, and wheels okay. love yeah, not Monster here. Hunter. Well, yeah, he likes it anyway. Say that so. anyway. Wheels would yeah. say the opposite of that. Right. So okay, um, next. There's nothing funnier than my spouse going. I'm going to play Monster Hunter with wheels, and I said, "Good luck with that, sweetie." <laughs> All right, congratulations, Valhalla Knights, for your continued dominance in this category. Most painful dialogue. Okay, um, I, I, I want to step in on this one. All right. vote, I want to award Hometown Story this award because I, I took some screenshots when I was playing the game because it's just absolutely amazing. <laughs> Here's here's one example. Uh, please, I need wood. You always cut my wood for me. <laughs> and, okay. and later on, like immediately following following that, like two seconds later, another character wanders in and says, "Where's that screenshot?" Uh, she says, "Jack, I need my wood for this week." That's terrible. <laughs> well, there's a whole section about uh, what. <laughs> Where the where the lady's gonna make someone else a man? I'm gonna make a real man out of you. And she's talking to like a nine year old oh, child. It's really awkward. That's really bad. I was playing my magic and it has riddles in it. And one of the riddles was something like the difference between a boy and a man. And I'm like, the first thing I can think of is sex. So I'm just gonna see if that's the answer to the riddle. No, 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 no. That's, that's that's not a game from last year. Or just oh, okay. Aw. Did, did, did it work? Did it did it fix the riddle? No, the answer to the riddle was age. That's it, was a, it said, what's a three-letter word? There's a difference between a boy and a man. I sex. Uh, and I tried age. Good job, Glenn. Oh, my God. Do, does anyone else have a nominee? nominee? Oh, oh, yeah. I have two. Oh, okay. I will let Alex go first. Alex, please. I'm pretty sure I know what one of them is because this is a game I played for about half an hour and had to stop because it was too painful. <laughs> And that's time and eternity. Oh, time and eternity. 
My yeah. favorite is, what's a three-way? You don't know what a three-way is? Well, let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that game. The main character in that game, Zach, is absolutely just a misogynist pig. And every time he opened his mouth, I kind of wanted to break my television. <laughs> because he's just... I don't understand how Toki and Toa are in love with this guy because, like, he's just disgusting. He's just like, hey, babies, you like to see my penis? And you're just kind of like, and the girls are like, what's a penis? And you're just like, I want to murder you all. Yeah. And they would sit and have, like, and I think, did you get, hopefully you got this far because it's, like, right at the beginning. You have, they would have tea parties before you would go to, like, the next story location. And they would talk about the dumbest things, like, I want to marry this guy because he has lots of money, and because money is the only thing that is important. Did you know that money is important? I didn't know that money was important. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, and that's yeah. how they talk. Because everything in this game is stilted. So everybody talks robotically and moves robotically. Like, it's hilarious. Yeah. And I just, oh my goodness, Tokitoa was just... It had some beautiful moments where you're just like, this is so sexist, I want to cry. What did every, you see every... in the first 30 minutes, Alex, that turned you did off you the, the entire game that fast? I bet it was uh, that. So, yeah, <laughs> I think so the opening conversation. <laughs> it, well, it went well, off about 20 God. minutes and wanted, and was sort of suicide-inducing. <laughs> and it's, it's that first scene with the wedding. Zach makes this really off-the-hand perverted comment about like wanting to look at uh look at Toki on the inside. And it's just yeah. it comes across so like awkward and it's like, how is this guy likable? Like Japan, what were you thinking? <laughs> um but my second my second choice, because Alex totally picked my first choice, which kudos on you, sir, for being smart enough to shut the game off. I actually finished it and I hated myself for it. Um is Blood Knights. Because there's a guy at the very beginning who's like, let me use my healing abilities. And he says it like six times. And every time he gets a little gruffier about it. And it was really funny. Everybody sounded so bored in Blood Knights. I loved it. <laughs> it's like, you're a vampire now. I'm, I must kill you. <laughs> and let me use my healing abilities again. <laughs> and I just Sounds like the worst laughing. use of budget to me. Especially <laughs> if the game had no voice acting. It might have been better, I don't know, but we laughed so hard at the dialogue in Blood Knights because it's just, it's so funny. It's so funny. It's it's Twilight bad. I love it so much. That was like my favorite part of Blood Knights. Anytime people talked, it was just always funny. Is that, is that game worth playing because of how bad it is? Yes and no. Yes and no. Did you hear the part about the glitches? Yeah. You can't play it. <laughs> hey, remember, I played this on PS3. I did go do some digging after I finished the impression I wrote because apparently I wasn't allowed to review an unfinished game despite the fact that it wasn't my fault. And the PC version is not broken. Oh, okay. Like, they actually patched that one. Let's wait for a Steam sale, everybody. They probably won't patch the PS3 version because it costs so damn much to do any kind of patching on the PSN. They didn't patch the 360 version. But um, if your name is Adrian Denouted and you got it as a Christmas present... Yes, Blood Knights is only fifteen dollars on Steam. It, it's it was actually not. It's not worth that. the year. Free is too much. I mean, I um. One second. Oh, we lost Sam. Okay. 
just talking about Blood Knights makes her glitch. <laughs> All right, um, Glenn, do you have a pick for this? Or is nah, I looked through the list. I don't. I don't. Think I, I, I can't pick anything yeah. better than what we've picked already. Um, what's our winner going to be? I can suggest one more. Oh, okay, um, go for it. Uh, Mars Warlogs before they patched the dialogue to be better. The original version of the localization was so freaking horrible. I uh, like the the opening sequence with this guy. It it starts with you ending up in a prison, and this big guy is going on talking about how he's gonna like rape you or something like prison rape you. It's the most ridiculously awkward thing I've ever seen. It it tries so hard to be edgy and and uh, like edgy and dark and moody, and it just sounds so stupid. All right, but now we can't go back to that anymore. That you're a boy. I mean, yeah. you're maybe a 16 or 17 year old boy, but you're yeah. a boy. And then the game opens with this a bunch of uh, big fat prison thugs <laughs> talking about how much they're going to rape you and love every minute of it. Pretty much, it's a very it's weird like... opening to a game. It is. It really is. It, like it, that whole game was kind of a mess. But and I don't know how we actually won an award. <laughs> that baffled me. But uh, yeah, the uh, the pre-patched dialogue for that game was just What do you mean? A, what, what won an award? Mars Warlocks. I don't for remember what? which award it won, but it won an award. And that was it was just... originality or surprise. It came <laughs> in first. <laughs> surprise! I, I Prison rape! <laughs> it baffles me on both fronts because it's not original. It's basically Total Recall. And it wasn't a surprise because it wasn't very good. Why did you but... play this, Glenn? <laughs> well, I think the rest of us played it after the patch. Oh. Yeah, and yeah. Patch yeah. supposedly did help a lot because I, I thought the dialogue was fine and the voice acting. Yeah, the was pre-patch fine. dialogue was not good. Oh man, is there yeah, a way to play, play it without the patch? Games. That's what I want to know. Pretty much everyone that played Mars Warlogs except Adrian, I think, played it after the oh. patch and had a higher opinion of it. We need to find like YouTube's of the pre-patch stuff. Well, even even if the dialogue was better, the game itself wasn't that good. So, but this year originality was a pretty pretty empty category nothing that's true really. there it was a lot of sequels this year right but i mean just seeing uh the results a, a lot of us when we put in the game of the year awards left originality blank or close to it so i think it came in second but that wasn't it was a pretty pretty bare award this yeah, year I, yeah i voted time eternity for most original because <laughs> it, it, it was it wasn't good but it was original all right everybody what's our most painful dialogue game all of them. <laughs> I like Time and Eternity. Winner. There yeah, are think, no I winners. I gotta go with Time and Eternity, too, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there I'm... are no winners. <laughs> there are no winners last Time and Eternity. All right. Time and Eternity, then. Winners don't play these games. Winners don't play <laughs> Please, if you if you really, really want your life back, don't play Time and Eternity. That was 21 hours. I'm well, not maybe you can play Mars Warlog, though. All right. Oh, goodness. All right. So what is our next next category is missed out award. The RPG you wanted most to play, but didn't. Mine is very easy. I never got around to Fire Emblem Awakening, and I really oh, wish I had. Yeah, I'm a bad person. I know. So. God, what's wrong with you, Chris? <laughs> if you didn't play Fire Emblem Awakening, how are you going to have a best sex award? I know. Well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> this should no, be a fast there category. there is a clear winner for that category. You stop, Glenn. All right, Glenn. Stop do you yourself have an, right now. Glenn, do you have any regrets, regrets that you didn't play? Well, not regrets. Only so many days in a year, but uh, I have two from last year. I'm going to play soon, but probably the top one is Link Between Worlds, which oh, is that yep. I'll be playing that in the next week. That's or two, my number probably. two. <laughs> yeah, after Bravely Default. All right, Adrian. Uh, honestly, I don't really have a nomination for this award because I uh, 
well, the only games uh, after 2013 that I still wanted to play that I hadn't yet really played were Fire Emblem Awakening and Etrian Odyssey Untold and Etrian Odyssey 4. I finished Etrian Odyssey Untold. I tried to play Fire Emblem Awakening. I didn't like it. Tried to play Etrian Odyssey 4. Didn't like it. So now there is nothing left from 2013 that I give a crap about. So, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> you should play Van Helsing. Mm, don't really have any interest in that. Oh. All right, fine. I give up. Uh, Alex? Yeah, mine's Etching Untold and Shimagami Tensei 4. And it's a. Oh, you gotta pick one. Theme. You gotta pick one. Uh, Shimagami Tensei 4. Okay. But it's the running theme of the words Atlas, 3DS, and Region Rock. <laughs> <laughs> poor soul. I just wanna, like, give you hugs. Every time. All the hugs. Well, it was like Atlas is actually releasing a game in Europe this year. Yay! At least you can play. Uh, at least you can play Inazuma Eleven. <laughs> That's true. I do get that one. Yeah. And Sam. Uh, mine is E's memory of Salsetta. I I only got to play about an hour of it, but it's really the only game I just I want to play it, and I just haven't had the time to really sink in and enjoy it. Sounds like and it's real wanna, good. And I do want to go back to Shimigami Tensei Four, but that's more of a when I have patience and when I give a crap. That's less about missing out and more about increasing the suffering. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? It's some... Yeah, I'm not sure you really should want to play that game, Alex, from what I've been Point, hearing. I'm going to be like, I like masochism. It's okay. Well, I'll play, I'll play I'm not saying everyone should hate <laughs> SMT4, but or... Sam's already played enough of it to know it wasn't working for well, her. I, I, my wife had the same issue, too. She, she played it for a while and said, this game is not... Eh. <laughs> she lost interest, too. Um, okay. There's no winner in that category. So let's move this is on. just everybody makes sad faces yes. except Adrian because Adrian, yeah. you know. He played everything that's worth playing. Yeah. No yeah. games left. Nope. They're all done. Well, this year has been insane, though. Like, I've been playing game after game after game this year. I've finished half of. I, I finished already this year half as many games I finished in yeah. all of last year. 2014 is the game of. <laughs> is the year of finishing games. I'm telling really you right is. now. Yeah. Yeah. Even me, like this is crazy. I was gonna say that's not right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel so confused every time I see you post in that thread. I'm like, you beat a game. This is wrong. What is this? This is so wrong. Blame blame the Kickstarter games for all being short. You know. Well, it's true. Glenn's right. It's like he's beating games, but it's like, why? This is not normal. Get it. <laughs> all right. Biggest surprise of the year. What game surprised you most? Most people. I'm going to say Link Between Worlds, because um, after the last few handheld Zelda titles, uh, the Spirit Tracks and the uh, whatever the one in on the ocean was, uh, which I can't remember its name now for whatever reason. Phantom um, Hourglass. Phantom Hourglass, that's the one. Yep. I knew it was Phantom something. Um, they were both ocean okay. Zelda. They were both okay, but they had a lot of problems. They weren't that great. That's Link Between me. Worlds is one of the best Zelda games I've ever played. So that really caught me out of the blue. Like I was expecting it to be okay, but it was really, really really good like game of the year good and that in that was impressive so good uh, mine is pokemon everybody pokemon because i'm not gonna lie i am well i'm not really a pokemon person like i like bulbasaur that's about it like that's as far as pokemon, pokemon is like the most me. predictable game series <laughs> in the world <laughs> i know i guess for me it was more of just 
Small dungeons? Pokemon's dungeons, yeah. Small dungeons. You could probably actually change that famous quote. I mean, there's only two things, three things certain in this world. Death, taxes, and Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, like, I like the shorter dungeons. I like the little social integrations. Um, Becky gave me Bulbasaur, so life was good for the whole game. Because I didn't use anything other than Bulbasaur. (laughs) And Bulbasaur. 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 (laughs) That's all I got. Now you've turned into a Pokemon. Good for you. All right. Bulba. <laughs> Bulbasaur. I used to do a really good Jigglypuff impression, but I don't think I can do it anymore. Jiggly. Ah. Oh, nice. Well done. All right. <laughs> I'm not sure that was a surprise to you. <laughs> okay. Do you if want it makes sense surprise? to you, I'm, I'll live with it. Okay, would you like a real surprise? I mean, I could say that like Dragon Fantasy Book 2 was a surprise because the first game was kind of terrible. And then the second game was like night and day, and it was at least playable. That's more convincing than anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm even changing your answer. No. No, Bob is so... <laughs> nope. Denied. So why did you play book two? Book one was kind of terrible. Because Anna gave me a code. <laughs> and Anna was like, try it. If you don't like it, I won't feel bad. And I actually kind of got sucked into it just because the dialogue is still really cute and it's really fun i mean there's not much to dragon fantasy you know it's it's a very traditional game but i don't know i just i really like the characters in the second game because at least they actually had personality and dialogue was cute that was really about it music was actually really good in dragon fantasy too really liked it so i don't know why i played it i just you just did, and I you, just did, you and benefited. Honestly, it was a lot of watching Adventure Time and playing, you know, Dragon Fantasy Book 2. It was, it was a good combo. I think the surprise last year was just how few good RPGs there were. <laughs> Pretty much. I don't know. It was a special year last yeah. year. Really? Surpri- There's a lot of disappointment this year, but I don't think that qualifies as a surprise. How about we just say all disappointing, no surprises? I, my, my, <laughs> mine is going to be... Good Kickstarter games that are not RPGs. We we thought that, no, the Shadowrun Returns was good. Um, oh. and it was so good, no staff member finished it. Well, I finished it this year, <laughs> so I know it was good. I don't think it had a single. I don't think any staff members said they made it more than seventy five percent of the way through the game. Yeah, which is weird. But when I went back to that, I realized, man, I like that game. Um, because someone in the forum said that we didn't give indie games much love. Yeah. Well, we, we didn't play them. We yeah. can't give award to games that <laughs> we, we didn't play. finish. Um, but it's I mean, between between Shadow Runs and Broken Age, and I wish I could count Banner Saga, but I can't because it's 2014 now. Um, man, it wasn't Broken Age 2014? Yeah, Broken Age oh. was January. All right, we're gonna forget it then. That, that'll be my biggest surprise for next year. <laughs> <laughs> You'll forget about year for next year. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's not an RPG. Alex, do you have a big surprise? Yeah, there was a point earlier this year when the first AgWest game was in the top server list on Steam. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a surprise. That's that's a good surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, I think think that should win. (laughs) Was it free at that point or something? That might explain it. No. It was 80% off on a non-sales week. I think Ghostlight deserves hugs, but then they put that out, and I'm like, no, just no, stop, stop, Ghostlight. You're you're nice people. Stop. 
All right. Uh, next category, in my opinion, is... Um, oh, in my opinion. Next category is the Honorary Sam Marcello Best Sex Award. Which goes to Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Duh. All right. It's Are you going to describe it for us? How, what sort of sex happens in Blood Dragon? Dude, you and get what a makes fantasy- it the best? Come on. You get fantasy star-style cutscenes with, like, that awkward, sexy time quality. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but it's just absolutely... Like Fantasy Star 4? Like comic yeah, book cutscenes? Yeah, Fantasy cut Star scenes? 4 comic oh. book cutscene with, like, the awkward motion of sexy times. And you actually see it, so that you oh, know, boy. gives it points right there. Does anyone want to oh. nominate Fire Emblem? Fire Emblem... I think in my Fire Emblem game, the the, the guy that turns like into a werewolf and a girl that turns into a dragon had sex. You, you, so, you paired the werewolf and the dragon. All right. So, if I remember right. right, or even them having sex with people would have been weird enough. My 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 nomination uh, for the best sex award goes to Saints Row Four, just because the the. The sex scenes are a total parody of Mass Effect, but they're amazing. <laughs> oh, the right. Sp- specifically, though, is amazing. specifically, it's got to go to uh, Kinsey, Boss and Kinsey, because that is just the funniest damn thing ever. Unfortunately, we hey, can't. Hey, Kinsey, you want to fuck? It's, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kinsey, you want to fuck? Come yeah. here. Bam, right in the face. I wasn't going to make Chris beat us. I, no. I don't know. I don't know. My personal favorite might go to Pierce. Pierce was funny. Yeah. Pierce, I don't Pierce. usually swing that way, but sure, what the fuck? <laughs> See, I didn't get that because I was a girl. Okay, that's that's what you I get. Got. Like completely that's different a, dialogue if you're a woman. Uh, oh also, actually, I'm sorry. Actually, having sex. With Saints Row Four isn't an, an RPG. I just <laughs> want to point that out. Far Cry Blood Dragon. All right. <laughs> Shut up, Far Cry Three Blood Dragon. It's totally an RPG. <laughs> Don't you dare disagree with All right, me. Do you have this. another it's entry, Saints Sam? Four has experience, so that's. Shut up! Well. No, I win. <laughs> you lose. I'm sorry, what, Glenn? In Dragon's Crown, there's this naked woman, and you can poke her. <laughs> That's the best sex I had last year. <laughs> naked woman, and you can what? You can poke her, and she kind of, you know, Both. moans. Goes, and then ah. your fairy companion tells you not to do that, and you can just keep doing it. Okay, hey, great. Adrian, remember Crotch Shot Lady? <laughs> remember how many times we discussed her? Oh, my God. Just like, Oh, dear God. Maggie has, like, a decapitated wolf biting her leg. Yeah, which is just like, what? <laughs> That's not... You can't have the best sex if you have a decapitated dog's head chewing your leg in the middle of it. Also true. Alex, do you have one? No, I don't think I can... I, I, n- nothing like this happened in any of the games I played, so... <laughs> I'm opting out. At the, of, at the end of Dark Arisen, do you get a new chance to fall in love with the shopkeeper or something? <laughs> I think you do, but I don't think that constitutes uh, <laughs> sexy times. No. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll just have to wait for uh, Dragon Age Three, won't we? All right, so let's go into the next category: Story of the Year. All right, who feels passionate about stories? Honestly, I this think... year, no, not at all. <laughs> right, this year, not for me. Actually, oh, story. Story. Okay. the ranking, I put Mars Warlogs, but and we've already talked about that being a different translation helping, but okay. I've... If you don't think it deserves it, then let's not give it to it. Um, Alex, what do you got? 
Sorry. Um, yeah, go Alex first. Yeah, nothing. I could do news story, but nothing apart from actual game story. Um, okay. <laughs> okay, the, there's only one game I played this year where I gave a crap about the story, and I wrote an editorial about it, which was Atelier Aisha. Because, damn it, you don't get sister plots ever in video games, and that one's really well done. Like, you actually care about Aisha and Neo's relationship the fact that she wants to actually go save her sister because she believes her sister isn't really dead. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good motivator in the story. Like, you, you constantly keep guessing. You're constantly feeling very much a part of it. And I love the fact that all the secondary characters in the game feel just as passionately about Aisha's story as much as she does. So I really liked it. Okay. My editorial also just, it reminded me of my dad and it kind of freaked me out a little bit. So. Uh... Oh, and- <sighs> Very painful. I am going to pick a game here, actually. Um, oh, God. I'm going to pick Shadowrun Returns because I actually felt that it did a fantastic job of presenting a story in a way that feels like um, a pen and paper setting. The way that you present a story um, in a pen and paper setting, rather. So it felt like a DM was narrating things to me. Um, he was saying it in the way you would say in a pen and paper setting. You kind of discover things. You tell just enough setup, and then you let the player discover the rest as they're going through the campaign, and they get bits of story um, as they progress through each room of the of the dungeon and whatnot. And I actually felt... It, I. I don't remember another game that's really done a good job of presenting a story in that way um, to make me feel like, oh, this is just like when I'm gaming with my buddies. So I really appreciated that. Um, and so that's my pick. And the winner is... Alex, what's the news story? <laughs> let's, let's make that the winner for story of the year. So the winner of the year is nothing, really. Well, what, what was that news story, Alex? You were going to pick one, right? Did well, you that disappear? was uh, Trail's second chapter coming out. Next year. Or this year. <laughs> Trails is going to be localized yes. next year. Yeah. There's actually a lot of high-end story-driven games this year. I'm really looking forward to it. Like, there's Trails. There's the South Park game is going to be awesome. You have uh, Inquisition. Which... Yeah, Inquisition. That's the other one I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, Witcher 3. Witcher 3. Witcher 3 is I am not, I'm not trusting anything about Inquisition until that game is here. We have been burned too much there. Once. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Like, I, I am really intrigued to see kind of what they do for the story for Child of Light. Ooh, oh, that's another yeah. one. It seems really... like it could be really nifty. It's entirely Actually, in rhyme. That's the thing that really fascinates me the most. I want to see how they do that. There's eschatology, which I kind of just want to see how it continues on with the uh, the dust plan setting for uh, that atelier uh, plot line. I'm kind of interested to see that one, but... Of course, there's Lightning Returns. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not make any more funnies about Lightning Returns. All right. Speaking of funnies, who biggest bonehead move is our next category. What was the dumbest thing this year, either in an RPG or from the industry or press? Nintendo not reprinting Xenoblade, so then GameStop was like, we found another box of them and sold them for $100 each so that fewer people could play them. I don't understand. Other companies have gotten really good about increasing print runs as soon as the the used market goes up in price. I don't understand why Nintendo is still too stupid to do stuff like that. It was such a bitch about even getting it to America, and then they did a small print run, and now even after GameStop opened more, they still sell for 80 or 90 bucks on eBay. Why not do another print run? Good question. They're hurting money. money. They want to increase their margins. They have a done game. 
print more of the damn thing. <laughs> you would think it'd be that simple, wouldn't you? <laughs> Not for Nintendo, no. At least they figured it out years ago. I don't know why Nintendo can't. I, I think mine is Time and Eternity being localized, because NIS America really, really, like, that was Agorist War Bad. I expect slightly more from you. All right, my, my vote is uh, the obsession, the... Game in, uh, the game journalism industry at large, the press uh, has had with feminism over the last year. It has just gotten way out of hand. Like I, the whole um, one reason why thing that was awesome, that was great. I, I I totally get where we were going with that, but it just spiraled and ballooned into something that where every single story has to have something about feminism in it, and it's it's getting out of control. I probably sound like a complete asshole saying that, but that's what I think. It's just it's just gotten way too it's gotten to the point where it's saturated the media and you can't read anything without hearing about it's it. It's dis it has a disproportionate percentage of the coverage is what you're saying. Exactly. It yes. should be talked about but not to the extent that it might be getting attention. But, well, right. the whole controversy over Dragon's Crown was ridiculous. Like the the way like Dragon's Crown had problems, but it did not need the amount of attention that got heaped onto it. That and that was an interesting case because you know you look at Dragon's Crown. Yes, the art could be a little bit special, but as a woman, was I offended by it? I admit, no, I it didn't bother me. Whereas something like Time and Eternity, you know what? <laughs> you play that, you see how the male characters treat the female characters. And yeah, it's actually offensive. And like, you never heard a damn thing about scale. it. No one exactly. ever mentioned it. Nobody mentioned it. Yeah, Dragon's Crown, I guess because, let's face it, Glamazon's thighs, they're, you know, totally a touchy sub because women totally don't have thighs like that. But if you've ever watched wrestling Except for Chun-Li. Well, <laughs> no, but even look at women who wrestle. Like, if you look in the WWE, there was that wrestler, China. She totally had thighs like that, Amazon. And she was a really good-looking woman. You could still be good looking and still have a bodybuilder body. Glenn, you don't. She had a lot of work done. Let's just say she had a lot of work done. Yeah, no. You saw her post work. That wasn't that wasn't what God gave her that you think made her look pretty. But I'm just saying, like, if you're gonna compare body types, you know, she's got the same body type as that Amazon in Dragon's Crown. I think it was actually the sorcerers that bothered most people. But you know what? The sorceress didn't bother me because, let's face it, we've had jiggle physics in games before. I mean, watching her boobs bounce up and down, is that really anything new that Dead or Alive hasn't done? Well, I mean, I wasn't bugged by the Amazon anywhere near as much as the as the sorceress, so... The sorceress has... It's not like there weren't male equivalents in that game anyway. I mean, look at the freaking dwarf. Like, <laughs> do you know anyone who looks like that? Nope. <laughs> but... At least I understand where... No, you're right. I don't, I don't understand know. anything about it. <laughs> or, the, guess... or, the, or even the knight. I mean, the knight's upper body is like five times the size of his legs. Let's not forget Bishonen <laughs> Sorcerer. Oh my god, the pretty boy Bishonen Sorcerer. I love that guy. <laughs> that's why when we, when we played it, we just decided, we were like, we can't take this seriously. And I think in a lot of ways, that's what Dragon Crown is. It's the fact people took it really seriously, and yet... Well, there was a great article that was posted, and it was the only good thing I ever read, like, from the gaming press on Dragon's Crown, pointing out how stupid all the controversy is, because the entire game, every piece of art in the game, like, literally every single piece of art in the game is an homage to some artist from history. 
going back thousands of years to like Greek architecture, going back to the 80s from comic books and things like that. It's all paying homage to different artists. So it's not just that. There's a lot of exaggeration in everything too. If you look at the artwork, there's so much exaggeration. Oh, totally. By comparison to something like the new Tomb Raider. And don't even get me started on the new Tomb Raider. That so they could have done a little better by not releasing uh, character art of the sorceress, like, snuggling a skull between her titties while thrusting <laughs> a staff in her yeah, ass that, Okay, that one admittedly is kind of unflattering. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess for me that I find it, it's always dialogue that always does me more so than artwork does. And I don't know. It's, it's weird. Like, people probably think, oh, you should be offended by Dragon's Crown. And I just, I have a harder time because it's like, it's art. Mm-hmm. Art sometimes comes across far more subjective than than dialogue does, and I kind of wish it was the other way around sometimes. Because there is there is awkward and really really sexist dialogue out there that we we don't talk about because why would we? Not uh, I think that's a, that's a that's a really good point because you know what the dialogue is. Oftentimes the dialogue is much worse than anything the art can do. So. I mean, look at anything Compiled Heart puts out. Let's forget, <laughs> yeah. a lot of it, a lot of the art is kind of offensive in ways. I mean, if you look at um, some of the positions of the women in the Agarest games, or in Hyperdimension Neptunia even. Like, I, I feel like I should be offended by those things. And to me, it's like, no, it's, it's usually the dialogue that does me in. Because they make women such, you know, bimbos. And I, I'm sorry, I don't want to play games anymore where women are bimbos. I'm tired of it. You know, and in RPGs, I'm sorry, but we don't need more bimbo heroines. We don't. So this kind of many- flies in the face of Adrian's pick, which is we have too much talk about this. And you're thinking, <laughs> see, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all right. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn the, I'm gonna turn the table for you. Um, I'm gonna say the biggest uh, bonehead move was uh, Microsoft's unveiling of the Xbox One. That was special. That was pretty bad. <laughs> that that was like the the worst bomb ever. That was like the worst reveal ever. Hey, we're gonna have all this more. DRM. You won't be able to sell your games or trade them or share them, and all this stuff's gonna suck. And then, what is it, a month later, oh, uh, no, you could do all these things, and yet people still don't understand that you can do, that they went back on their word. They've permanently damaged themselves in the marketplace. Thank you, Microsoft. You are boneheads. It was even funnier that the fact that their, mar- their executives were contradicting each other <laughs> in public for that entire time period, too. <laughs> Yeah, no one knew what the hell was going on. We we have a box for people who don't want to who want to play offline. It's called the Xbox 360. <laughs> and and that, the, the the best part of that whole saga was when the guy in charge of the whole thing quit Microsoft yep. and joined Zynga. I'm going to Zynga. <laughs> <laughs> good amazing. job, Don Matrick. Oh, amazing. <laughs> All right. Also, good choice. All the choices are good. All right, Alex, you got one for us? (laughs) Yeah, I'll probably manage to get one that isn't a winner. But I think there's nothing particular, but I'm a bit tired of all the negativity sort of around the PlayStation Vita. Oh, me too. I had the Wii U on that as well. I'm tired of the Wii U getting dumped on as well. Every time there's sort of any sales numbers released, there's always an excuse to note that PlayStation Vita and Wii U are 
bad. I, I understand. Buy them. All right. So I, I fully understand why you think the Vita is shouldn't be dumped on anymore. It actually has games. People don't realize that. They should buy them and they should make more games for it. Adrian, I want to understand about how the Wii U is should actually be appreciated more. What what about the Wii U impresses you exactly, Adrian? Um, it's a solid console. It's okay. got a lot of potential. It, it needs more software. I'll admit. Well, a potential it's for a, what? It's, it, it it's it's at its you, graphical you, peak. <laughs> yes, it I, I own one. At graphical peak. I he, bought one on launch day, two thousand three. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even out yet. I mean, come on. Uh, it, it's a good system. I mean, the, the gamepad alone has the potential to make console gaming fantastic. I mean, it's it's something that they're, they basically made a, a console version of the DS, and that's the thing they need to focus on. They need to actually push that aspect of it. They well, haven't. They, well, They've who... been trying to push the playing off of the TV, and that's not what they should be trying to push. Because... Well, they do want to put DS games on yeah, the Wii U, which that's is a huge thing. That's kind of interesting. Idea. But who's been thinking, gee, I have this DS. Wouldn't I really like to put one of these screens on my TV? That's what I've been missing. I, I yes. don't know that that's something that I can really <laughs> no. say I really well, wanted. Not for, the, not for the existing DS games. I mean, it, well, but that's it, what they're talking about doing is putting well, existing that's, that's DS in games. In terms of virtual console, but I'm talking about actual freaking console games okay. designed like that, designed to use both screens. They don't do that yet. They haven't done anything with that yet. That's what they need to push it. But the Wii U actually has a ton of potential, and people have been talking about the potential since okay. it came out, and the problem is they haven't pushed that potential. If they push that potential, I think it could be a really successful console. And either way, the doom and gloom surrounding Nintendo is insane because they have literally billions of dollars in cash in their pockets yeah so does and research not, and ocean the, but the company is in no danger whatsoever <laughs> but nintendo it's a like is said, in a lot Blackberry better spot. has billions of dollars oh, in cash Blackberry. for a long time but yeah. when you start sliding out of technology and you start sliding out of being the fad you're in trouble you're in trouble but they're in a lot better position than sony and microsoft as far as weathering a yeah, storm sony was sony was just put on the uh their uh their credit rating was just put it into junk yeah right. yeah and, I'm not the but fit, everyone's yeah, focusing I, I on the doom it, of a gloom in Nintendo. Yeah, it's like, Nintendo's gonna gonna be around for a while, but as far as fixing this console, I don't know that they have a lot of options. Um, if they if they're just now deciding to focus on making games that show off the gamepad, that's that's worrisome. That's really it's, worrisome. It's, it's, it's troublesome and it's stupid <laughs> on their part. But you know what? I I don't I don't like the doom and gloom surrounding the console. People are saying it's already dead. They might as well just start making a new console. It, it, it wouldn't think, surprise me. I think that's me. short-sighted and yeah. and dumb. I, I I think the Wii U has a lot of potential still, and they just need to realize it. Hmm. I mean, they have tried to do different things with it. As much as I'm not fond of the control scheme on Deus Ex on the Wii U. I actually do appreciate that they are trying different things with the gamepad um, to still give it that accessibility quality. Because, I, truthfully, I don't like hacking on on the gamepad. Sure. Trying to play the hacking minigame on that is a pain in the rear. Mm-hmm. But I love being able to use it like a camera to look around and see what other dudes are surrounding me and crap like that. Because that actually is kind of handy Yeah. in a game like that. So I think there are good ideas, but like Adrian said, I think it's just nobody's pushing it, you know, in such a way where it's like, hey, this should be something we should be pushing to make a system seller out of. De- I, think Deus they Ex- also, I think they also need to stop making Mario games because, oh my god. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah, think they can afford Mario to do that. And use, and use some of their other franchises. I mean, I want them to make the new franchises. 
when was the any, any last time anyone really gave a crap about a Mario game? I mean, uh, the new so one many, that just came the, out, actually. Yeah, that's like <laughs> the only one I've ever heard anything anyone talk anything about because they they make so many now. I mean, how many new Super Mario Brothers have there been since the first one was released? On the uh, Wii, there have like been four years ago. There's the DS one, the Wii one, the Wii U one, and the 3DS one. And then the second Wii, uh, second DS one, and then yeah. like, there, there's like a, a well, dozen of them. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, they they release like no, I mean, three Mario games a year now. I mean that there no, there's only been four new Super Mario Brothers games. Um, oh, unless you choose uh, Count Luigi, <laughs> then um, it's five. <laughs> I actually, for the first time in years, gave crap about Mario because I actually did end up buying Super Mario 3D World. Uh-huh. I think, like I said, that, I think and that's I like, actually that's enjoy the last it. Time I, 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 I've heard they've all been good. Well, 3D like that, Land as well. Also it's so well oversaturated. I mean, yes, it there's is. So many, there's so many of them coming out. Use some of your other bloody franchises already. Yeah. When was the last time we had a Star Fox game, for example? Star Fox would be a great franchise. Forget to that. On the Make a new franchise is what I say. Can, for... can, can we have that Fire Emblem X Shimigami Tensei game? That yeah, they, that's another that's thing. Like, that's something I kind of on uh, Guys, it's going to be bad. Just don't... I don't care. Okay. It's a brilliant <laughs> concept. Oh, all right. Fine, fine, fine. But you know what? I mean, I, I bought a Wii U because I, I didn't bother with the Wii. And I don't regret it because in, in a way I'm kind of enjoying the fact that my Wii games can still be controlled you know, with the gamepad and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I like it. I like it for the fact that I'm playing catch-up, and I, I don't mind so much because there are things that I am kind of interested in. I, I do want to see the new Donkey Kong, weirdly enough, because I really love the Super Nintendo ones, mm-hmm. and I didn't play the one on the Wii. So it's like, you know, I'm interested what Tropical Freeze is like. I played it at a press event. seemed pretty fun, if a bit difficult, which, you yeah. know, it's Donkey Kong, so... But, you know, I'm with you on the sense, Chris, that, yeah, maybe a new franchise would be kind of fun to have. Because I, I can't stand Mario. Well, they, have a, they have had a few franchises. They've been third party, but they've done well, that well, doesn't like, count. one one <laughs> can, can I have my Kirby Wii, game, Wii U game yet? Because I, I, we don't have one of those. Oh, that's coming. Don't, I want it. And I've discussed, uh, my brother owns a Wii U, and we felt like Nintendo isn't doing anything different with the Wii U than it did with the Wii. The difference was the Wii caught on as a fad and made a ton of money, and the Wii U is not catching on. They aren't doing anything different with first or third party or the way they're pushing it. It just it didn't work this time. Yeah. And we felt like they made a lot of mistakes with the Wii that they didn't have to realize were mistakes because it caught on with the fad. And now that they're doing the same thing with the Wii U, it's a little more glaring and a little more obvious. I mean, the Wii was also pretty saturated with Mario games and also needed more... It could have used new franchises. It also didn't get much third-party support in the software except shovelware. They just didn't have to learn the mistakes. And the question is going to be, whatever Nintendo does next, whether it's with the Wii U or their next console, are they going to learn and do something different now that they realize they have to do something different? No, they're going to put out apps for smartphones that are advertisements for their system and non-wearable fitness technology, whatever that means. So this should be should be fun to see what happens to Nintendo. Of course, we try and fix Nintendo's problems. We'll be here till the end of time. So no more. We should we should um, try and pick a winner for biggest bonehead move. All of them. <laughs> everyone's punch me soon. I can just see everyone's it. dumb is our winner. Too much feminism. I think that wins. Feminism. So tired of hearing about it. Feminism. (laughs) (laughs) Women have breasts and they jiggle in games and they're dumb. Deal with it. Deal with it? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. That's what men want to see. Rawr. (laughs) I like a little bit of boob jiggle. Okay. Next category is the Everyone Else is Wrong Award. This is the RPG that you can't believe people like or dislike, depending on which direction you go with it. Nino Cooney. 
<laughs> I bite my thumb. <laughs> but yeah, Nino Kuni. Everyone should love it. Everyone should friggin' understand that it's kind of dumb. Oh wait, you don't like it. I hate Nino Kuni. Okay. Why? Everyone should. Everybody loves it, and I just I, I don't I don't yeah. get I it. Got it. Nino Kuni has five people in the world that love it, and they just don't shut up. I think. <laughs> I don't know. When you start to get death threats about like from, hating from, on Nino Kuni. That's the five people. I don't know. I don't know, man. They have a brigade, and it's it's strong sometimes. So it's kind of a I don't know. Just Nino Kuni, no, just no. Um, oh, because Wheels isn't here, and I had pretty mainstream opinions on everything. <laughs> yeah. For Wheels, I'm going to say Shimigami Tensei Four. I can't imitate him. I'm not nearly insane enough, but he he absolutely adores Shimigami Tensei 4 and can't comprehend why anyone would not think this is the best video game they've ever had sex with. I, he said that. And okay. He loves this game so much. I can't defend his stance, but if he was we here, we love you, Mike Apps. We do. We love. He was re- like uh, he was baffled that it didn't win everything. I think on the like it didn't win best 3ds game, and it was like <laughs> it didn't win three best 3ds game because you loved it and no one else did. That's why. Oh. I mean, scores. All See, right. When, when wheels is sad, I get sad though. <laughs> I love his enthusiasm for things. <laughs> I know. That's why I wish he was on the podcast. I want to. His, his, his enthusiasm is so beautiful and infectious. Hyper raves about things. <sighs> All right, I'm going to pick uh, Van Helsing. I think more people should have been into that last year. Um, I think people just didn't care, and they should have. Uh, I think people didn't hear about it. Yeah, well, whatever. They were wrong to not hear to about it. If I didn't proofread, I think Alex's review, I wouldn't have heard about it. Uh. Yeah. Go, Alex. You get you made awareness. <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> so I'm asking budget again. Um, Alex, what do you got? Kingdom Hearts. King. <laughs> <laughs> Parts because we don't need any more of it. Why do you think people think this is fun? <laughs> well, right. the game was released in 2001. It was a different time. <laughs> Everything <laughs> was terrible. You freak you back his heart, guys. The thing I like about the Kingdom Hearts pick is every year you can make that pick in this category because there's always some K- Kingdom Hearts remake or, or offshoot <laughs> coming out to complain about. <laughs> there's a thing. Yeah. All right, Adrian, close us out on everyone else's wrong. My pick is Hometown Story because I cannot believe that there is defenders of this game. It makes no sense to me. What is there to defend? It is awful in every way. <laughs> See, and here I thought you were going to pick Fire Emblem for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be you know, the more... I know, that's, yeah. that's the thing, though. Like, I don't like Fire Emblem. It's not for me, but that's because I don't like tactical games in general. Mm. I mean, I get why people like it. It's just not my thing. Hometown Story. I'm not going to hate oh, it. That's people, a rough Hometown game, Story Hometown is just Story. a blatantly awful game. I do not understand why people defend it. Because I do not understand why we people see the potential. That's why you can see the potential, and you want to, but it's not there in this game. It's not even close in this game. <laughs> so, so for most disappointing game, can I say Nino Kuni again and not have to talk? Yeah, sure. Can you know, <laughs> again, it's still bad. All right, <laughs> uh, Alex, what's your most disappointing? Uh, mine was Dino Kuni as well. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> Yay, <laughs> team! All right. I'm trying to load up my folks and see what I voted for in second. <laughs> Glenn, you got one here? Uh, mine was Shimikami Tensei 4. Just, I'm a huge fan of that series, and 4 was just mediocre. 
four broke his heart. Len, can you look up what I picked? Um, yeah, give me a second. I don't because I don't know oh, anymore. I, I found I found my <laughs> other one. Yeah, my other one was uh, a Project X sign. Oh yeah. You left yours blank, Chris. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't pick enough. All right. So nothing. I liked most of what I played, so I couldn't pick one. Honestly, oh, yeah. My other one would be Rune Factory Four, but yeah, that was my other one. <laughs> Glenn, and I, four Glenn and I did a lot of crying over Rune Factory Four. <laughs> it was so sad. All right, Adrian, you got one. Uh, it's, I got it with Neokuni as well. Oh, jeez. Um, that game had so much potential. And I think so we know which wins. <laughs> Biggest letdown. It doesn't mean it's a bad game, folks. No, yeah, it doesn't mean it's a bad game. It's just, it's could have been so much more. If your name is Sam Marcello, then you really do think it's a bad game. <laughs> I had to I had to ask Michael to tank it even harder after I thought about it more on our uh, awards. <laughs> Like I was like, the more I thought about it, the more angry I got, and the more angry I got, I was like, it needs to win that category so hard. I think it did win that category so hard. <laughs> Whether or not you got angry about it, it, it won. I wasn't sure. <laughs> that was more of my doing. I'm like, I wasn't sure, but it needs to win. No, our staff was not very divisive on Nino Cooney. We were pretty all let down by it it didn't get very high scores congratulations nino cooney for miss winning most disappointing game i didn't play any disappointing games so i'm just gonna bow out and let nino cooney run away with that <laughs> the rage of holism all right we're there everybody it's time best rpg best overall rpg i'm giving it to Ooh. fire emblem Sam- oh i was such a crack addict with it how many hours uh i put 40 I did it in a week. It's not that much. No, but in a week. Well, you go back and play 40 more and then come back and tell us. How many I, playthroughs I, is that? That was one. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Even Anna's done like two. I haven't done a second one yet, but I played it in a week while I was in Minnesota. All right. All right. And every time I came, uh, every time Kimberly from Game Informer came home from work, she'd be like, you're still playing it? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. You're like, you left me alone in Minnesota. What do you want me to do? But yeah, what do you That's what I told her. Like, you, le- you went to work. So I played Fire Emblem and watched Ready or Not. Life was good. <laughs> and then it was always we had to talk about who we married. We may have drove her boyfriend a little crazy. I have to remember what I picked. Um, shoot. What the hell did I pick? <laughs> All right. But Adrian, I- what did you pick? Uh, well, my pick for best overall RPG was A Link Between Worlds, but yeah. since we don't have the, the no, no ports rule here, I'm no. going to go with Wind Waker HD. So. Oh, okay, Wind Waker. All right. Like, I, I, they're both amazing games, and it's kind of just amazing that two of my now, my now, uh, now favorite Zelda ser- uh, games both came out last year, but i got to give Wind Waker HD the edge. I just I love everything about that game. That's pretty fair. Yeah. Go sailing. <laughs> oh, Chris, you gave the highest score to Pokemon. Oh, did I? Yeah, because out of all the RPGs, that's the best one I played last year. Because um, the Pokemon in the man's. Well, I can't pick. A... Hmm. So, what if I played in 2014? That might change that. Shadowrun was last year, but that's not going to take it. You also gave uh, your next two were Final Fantasy 14 and Neo 4. Yeah, and Neo 4. E, uh, oh, EO4. Yeah, yeah. No, they're not going to take it. So, yeah. Shadowrun. Banner Saga was this year, so that doesn't count. Um, I feel like there was something else. Somebody else go. I'm going to look this. I got to do research for me. 
Chris has to do his own research for himself. <laughs> yeah. Mine's also Fire Emblem. I okay. tried the Fire Emblem series once a decade ago and hated it, and then tried the same game later and hated it, and just never really understood why it was such a popular series. And at at the rec- either maybe it reviewed well in Japan first. I don't know why I pre-ordered Awakening because I read that it was going to be different. It sounded like it fixed the things that I hated about the series, and I love the matchmaking. I love the tactics. I'm going to do a second playthrough at some point and make everyone make babies with different people. But something, everything about it is just a solid game. I thought that the writing was great and the battle system was great. So mm-hmm. I think just an easy game to kind of recommend <laughs> to people that I had a blast playing. I tore through that in a few days. Glenn just also liked the sexy times. It was funny. I think there was one pairing that I got right up to where they're going to have sexy time and then decided that I didn't think I didn't believe their dialogues. They had to go marry other people. I broke them up. <laughs> <laughs> like, you wow. need to be into this. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not feeling it. You two, not allowed to have You're sex. Be into this, damn it. <laughs> you get the dragon girl. Sorry. I, I, I thought there was nothing worse, though, when Adrian was like, Sam's totally Lissa. And I was like, no, I'm not. Don't you ever say that. <laughs> I was so mad at you. I don't feel like Lissa and I have the same personality. There, I said it. So I feel I probably would have picked Fire Emblem or Zelda had I played them, so I'm going to go with Pokemon <laughs> since I didn't. And that leaves Alex. This is an easy debate this so far. Nobody's got anything controversial. Yeah, I moaned about Europe and 3DS earlier, but it right. does go both ways, and I'm going to pick Bravely Default. Brave? Oh. Oh. Ooh. You're a poke. Hey. hey, not cool. Not a cool choice. We only just got it. Friday. Ooh. All right. Now we have to Except pick a wait, winner. Now I have overpowered Alex on my team. Yeah. It's okay, true. never mind. That's the best It's, it's all right wait. now. Yeah. Wait, 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 Alex. Would you give Bravely Default a four? Yeah, because you knocked it down. You gave it a. <laughs> you gave fourteen a four and a half on your sheet. You're sure fourteen wasn't your favorite? <laughs> this is I a am, problem that Glenn has. I sheets. am now. I've spent sort of three weeks away from the game and don't really miss it. Okay. Okay. Now we got to pick a winner. Um, I see two votes for Fire Emblem, uh, Wind Waker HD, Pokemon, which I'm not going to fight for, and then Bravely Default. So. Um, we got to convince Adrian to pick Fire Emblem and Alex Fire Emblem, or everyone to pick Bravely Default, or what? You're not going to convince me to pick Fire Emblem, but I totally get where you're coming from. It's just not my kind of game, so okay. I got no problem with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex. Did you play Fire Emblem? Yeah. You did, but you think Bravely Default's better? Slightly. All right, so tell us why. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that requires work. Yeah. yeah. Quite thinking. Keep thinking. Um, we'll I wait. Just like, like, I like being able to play through it quicker. It's a lot more fast-paced and enjoyable for me to actually play. Or find them was more sort of a slow burner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sort of like the overall story a lot more in Bravely Default. Oh, really? Yeah, the overall story. I mean, possibly the character stuff in Fire Emblem is better, but the overall plot is... I think in Bravely Default is more interesting. Isn't that special? It's more about the character interactions. Hmm. Yeah, but I think I actually gave them the same score in the voting form, so there's not that much between them. Okay. Hmm. 
I would let you know if you were wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you it. <laughs> so I, I, I have the feeling this is going to go to Fire Emblem because that's the one that came out in the U.S. Hooray! Yeah, I'm cool with that. <laughs> so that's fine. Um, but good, good show from Bravely Default, a game that's not even out here yet, almost taking the category. All right, good job, it's everybody. Out here playing it. Well, it is now. Yeah, you're playing it. I have, good point. Because I have you in my game. You're right. <laughs> I'm wondering which character it's sent to you from me, my my demo character or the one in the new game. It, you have to send it manually from your game. Yeah, it's it whatever you lost. Last time updated. You yeah, but I had done that in the demo too, so I don't know what you get. But... Probably the latest one. Okay. Yeah, right. it's, it's always the latest one. I, I have to, uh, I'll talk to you after the show. All right. <laughs> Prediction. Your All right. attack is like a level two. It does. Oh, that's the new one then. Okay. Yeah, it sucks. All right. Just use Alex. As we've established. That, All right. that's, that's our golden that's rule right now. Just use Alex. Just use Alex. <laughs> it's prediction oh, it's time. Everybody go to the, the 2014 sheet on your, on, your, on your browser here. It's time for us to pick what we think will be the best in 2014. Uh, like, I don't or what do we think will win RP Gamers? Yeah. RPG um, of the year? Uh, no, our favorite. Don't worry uh, about the sites overall. Well, I got to go to dinner in the next couple minutes and I'm not wearing clothes. So pick your go, can I go first? Yes, on. you can. Uh, my favorite, I'm going to go for Witcher three. I was a big fan of Witcher two story and everything about it. And I think the progression, the battle system, in Witcher one was really rough and two, it got better, but it was still rough. And then they patched it. I just think that was the last thing that wasn't great about the series. I think Witcher three is going to take everything I loved about Witcher two, fix the battle system and be my favorite game of the year. Do you have a most overhyped pick while you're at it? Stick of truth. We'll Stick be of the truth. Balls. Okay. And I gotta go. Peace. See ya. Thank you, Glenn. No sweat. All right. So, what game do you think will be the best in 2014? Adrian, surely you have some feelings about this. Oh God, this year is going to be insane. But, uh, l- l- just the- so people know, let me read some of the some of the highlights for next year. Uh, the Banner Saga is already out and getting fantastic reviews. Uh, Blackguard's not so much. <laughs> Um, bravely, we already reviewed that. <laughs> bravely default. You've already heard about being being picked by Alex. Lightning Returns is out. Um, let's see, ta- a new Tales of Symphonia Chronicles. Uh, South Park game is coming. Um, Atelier at Escotology. Uh, Dark Souls Two is out this year. The Final Fantasy Ten remakes. Uh, whatever. Child Elder, of Light. Elder Scrolls Online. Child of Light looks fantastic. Two yep. D art style. Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, Chris. Oh, Dragon Age Inquisition? That's not yeah, even on the list Dragon here. And Three, which are two games people are wow. actually pretty excited for. Oh, jeez. Um, There's Cosmic game- Star Heroine. Co- yeah, yeah. That, yep. Cosmic Star Heroine for the Z-Boyd games because we're going to pick another Z-Boyd game after picking... <laughs> Didn't we do this with Penny yep. Arcade yeah. already? <laughs> yeah. We also have Trails in the Sky... Yeah, chapter oh, two. That's right, Trails in the yeah, Sky yeah, yeah. two. People who are excited for that. Yeah, um, Tales of Zillia two as well. I'm excited for Boot Hill Heroes because I've had a chance to actually play that. That's an indie PC RPG. Um, that does look interesting. There's Transistor from the people who did Bastion. Oh, yeah, Transistor. we we I already mentioned Witcher three, and there's uh, potentially X might come out as well. The uh, the new Monolith Soft game. No, it won't. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> probably I'm not. But yeah. Yeah, I if, think if my right, but... if my spouse was on the show right now, he would probably say Transistor and then say that he's going to buy another four copies of it, like he did Bastion. <laughs> Scott really did buy four copies of Bastion. Oh my gosh! Wow. Conception Two is coming. 
Um, I don't think that's gonna. No, you don't think no, it's not gonna be okay. <laughs> Even though Adrian, you, you did what play about... Danganronpa, right? Adrian, is... Danganronpa is it's pretty cool. Is that on here? And that's I'll... not really an RPG. No, it's it? not no, really it's not an, RPG, an RPG, but that's yeah. the same developer. Okay, yeah, funny no. enough. So, so here's here's your Wii U um, plug, Adrian X, the game X from Monolith Soft for the Wii U. Could be. Yeah. Could be fantastic. Could be nothing but a tech demo dream that never really comes to fruition. We'll yeah. see. Made <laughs> of lies. In any case, um, my pick for game of the year 2014. I'm going to go with something a little odd. I'm going to go with the Child of Light. I think that game. Oh, you, everything, you jerk! <laughs> everything we've seen. Everything we've seen about it, like there's a ton of amazing games, potentially amazing games coming out this year. But Child of Light, everything that I've seen about it, just screams. Fantastic. Um, it, it's, gonna, it's gonna be one of those games that I think is gonna get overlooked by a lot of people, but I think it's gonna be one of those games that the people who play it are going to love it. And I, I that's that's why I'm picking it. I, I think it's gonna be one of those games that's just really, really, really good. And I'm actually going to agree with Adrian because ever since I watched the trailer of Child of Light, I feel like somebody went into my brain and put it into a video game. Nice. Because that's just it just has everything that I love about young adult literature. It just screams it right there. Like, and, and just, it just looks like it's going to be a very, you know, interesting and just thought provoking story. And I'm really interested to see because it's the Far Cry team mm-hmm. that's developing it. And I mean, Far Cry, Child of Light, I mean, they couldn't be more different. That's like saying tomato, tomato right there. Right, right. It's, it's machismo men with. Big guns compared to a little girl with a giant sword. Get out of my head, Adrian. Now get out. Get out. Um, my second pick though would be Transistor. Mm-hmm. Like to be no, different. No, no. You get one pick. Transistor. You get one pick. Oh, you no, no, yes. no. Okay, fine. Child of Light. <laughs> I am going to go with Dark Souls Two. So you can die during extra life. That's again? right. <laughs> because why not? You know, it's, it's my favorite part of the year is my death run during extra life. Did, did I win the predictions? By the way, I know we were all taking predictions. Uh, you guys were all way over. I like I learned to play by this extra life, so I only died like two or three times. <laughs> yeah. I know it sucks, right? <laughs> we were taking bets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex, do you have a pick yet? Oh, hey, Kingdom Hearts 2.5. No. <laughs> no. No, it's not. <laughs> Which, weirdly, is not on our list. Maxstorm needs to fix that. Oh, wait, there it is. Okay, yeah, I'm a loser. My, my actual pick is one that I don't think is going to end up reviewing too well because it's going to be dated, but it is Chaos in the Sky, second yeah. chapter. I already pasted it in before you even said it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Alex, you're wonderfully predictable. All right, so we need to pick. I know this doesn't mean anything, but we're going to pick a winner. Um, what's Child the so this the winner should be what we think the site pick will be. Okay, I think the site will pick Lightning Returns. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm good with that. Let's pick that. No, no, no. Like if I, if no. I want to be serious, yeah, it's going to win one award. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, one, probably. If you're gonna be serious, what Witcher? Okay, if I'm gonna be serious. I actually do think it might be The Witcher Three. Yeah, because yeah, I am actually. Uh, oh, Adrian I, disagrees. I don't, I don't think Witcher Three has any chance of winning Game of the Year. Oh, mainly because I, I don't think. I don't. I don't. I don't think enough people. I, 
I know there's a lot of people who like it, but I don't think it's going to get enough people playing it. Like, you know Witcher what? Two, Witcher you. 1 and Witcher 2 didn't get enough people playing well, it. What do you think will win then, Adrian? I think Child of Light is going to be the one that Child wins. of Light? I, I, I do think that is going to end up winning our game of the year. Either that or Transistor. Child of the Light or Transistor is going to be the win. Because I think those are going to be the games that are going to be played the most and are going to be liked the most. All right. So I'm putting both down. Because so I kind of... I'm, I'm falling a, in the Witcher 3 camp. I'm totally going to play the Witcher 3 just to spite you, and then I'm going to give it 5 out of 5. <laughs> Alex, what do you think? Witcher 3? For the site? I'd go Witcher 3. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm t- okay, and you know what? The sad off. part is yep, Adrian's Witcher 3. going to be right. Yeah, Adrian is right. He'll, he'll probably be right. He'll be trying to light. We're just all wrong, but that's He's okay. He's going to rub it in our faces. <laughs> all right, so this should be interesting. What do we think's overhyped? What most overhyped games of 2014? I actually agree with Glenn but I'm still excited for it, which is Stick of Truth. So you're gonna... I, I, am, I am beyond excited for Stick of Truth to the point where it's like hyperventilation fangirling. Yeah. <laughs> um, because just I do love the fact that like it's got the South Park humor and it's quirky and crazy and offensive in all the right ways because, let's face it, you watch South Park to be offended. Right. That being said, because of all the nonsense that has happened with it, I, I think it's setting itself up to die, considering the week it's coming out. That week. What else is, is coming out of that week? That's uh, March 4th. There's no other RPGs listed for that week. but No, but there's other big releases. Like Titanfall and stuff like that? Is I think that... Titanfall is going to be the one that kind of yeah. takes its foot, giant foot and stomps it. Yeah. And I can just see Cartman going, no. <laughs> but I mean, do I still want to be excited for South Park? Absolutely. I mean, I want to bet with There's Scott, no chance, so right? buying it. It's just not going to live up to your expectations at this point. I don't feel like it will. Just yeah. at the same time, though, it's like I'm still probably going to love it. Unless, like, Obsidian has done something so horrific that, like, I cry like a baby the whole time. Yeah, see, see, the thing is with the South Park game, I don't think I can be disappointed because I'm honestly not expecting a ton out of the gameplay. <laughs> like, I don't expect the gameplay to be amazing because, well... I'm, I'm Obsidian looking... usually makes good but not amazing gameplay. Like Obsidian makes cool stories. That, that's what Obsidian does. Yeah. And and you know what? With the with Trey Parker and Matt Stone actually both helping to write that game and voice everybody, I, I, I don't think I'm gonna be disappointed in it. Even just based on what I've seen already, I know it's gonna be good. I'm not gonna be disappointed with it. It's like the gameplay might not be top notch, and that's why I don't think it has any chance of winning Game of the Year. But I still think I'm gonna love it. I don't think I'm gonna be disappointed by it at all. Okay. Both my dogs disagree with you, but they, might also, <laughs> but they also might be having Puppy Fight Club behind me. I believe <laughs> that it's going to be Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, really, Chris? Yeah, I because I have no no confidence in Bioware anymore. Um, complete loss of confidence in it. I I I, I am excited, but also very scared for that yeah. one. Yeah, mostly because I'm I'm not necessarily excited to be an Orlay. Hmm. Because I'm not really fond of the Orlesian characters. Fair enough. Although Liliana coming out like Batman in Dragon Age 2 was kind of awesome. <laughs> um, she, was a, she was a terrible girlfriend. She really was. Um, Alex, do you got a, a overhyped? I think the Elder Scrolls Online oh, yeah. is going you to disappoint. Do have faith in that? Is there anyone <laughs> who's actually hyped for that? The people who are playing it, I guess? I don't know. I I haven't really yeah. heard. Oh, there's. We're gonna see plenty of hype come March, I think. So I will snooze through that conversation <laughs> then, because probably won't be paying attention. Adrian, do you got one? 
Yeah, I do. I'm going to say Drakengard 3. And not because I think it's going to be an awesome Is that game. really hyped? Like, yes, that's, <laughs> okay. that's the scary thing. Yeah. The excitement level for that game is insane right now. Oh my now. gosh. Like, I, can't, I cannot believe how many people are hyping that game. Uh, every new bit of news that comes up, it just fills my Twitter feed like it's, like it's the end of the world. It's crazy. <laughs> but the thing is... Near, I think, was a special case. The the original Drakengard games, I haven't played them, but they weren't well reviewed. Like they they had interesting ideas, and some people liked them, some people didn't. But Near was a weird, weird case where a strange game that had no right to be as good as it was was fantastic because everything meshed perfectly. Mm -hmm. It was it was like a perfect storm of weirdness that just everyone loved. And I don't think Drakengard 3 has any chance of capturing that again. I think it was a lucky fluke, and I think people are going to be disappointed by it. It'll be interesting to see by the end of this year, yeah. like, who was on the ball and who was off the mark. I'm definitely interested to see, but right now the only game I seem to care about is Child of Light. <laughs> all right, what's our, what's our winner for most overhyped that we can all agree on? South Park? All of them. All of them. Sorry, I'm not very good at picking. These yeah, you're really not good at that. No. Lightning returns. Let's pick lightning returns. Lightning <laughs> returns. <laughs> Square Enix has been trying to hype it. That's true. All <laughs> right. And that's our picks for 2013 slash predictions for 2014. Thanks everybody for listening and for being on the show. Thank you to Alex, Sam, Adrian, and Glenn. Nobody cares about what Glenn thinks. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. Screw Glenn anyway. Nah. I guess I'll thank Glenn. I right. guess I like Glenn. All right. Well, um, that that's it. Thanks for watching. You can um, you can, or listening rather. You can go check our site awards. I think they're still up on the on yep. rpgamer.com. They are, they are buttoned now. Too, they are buttoned. Lots of lots of um, <laughs> discussion on those. There's a thread where you can argue about them. And, uh, yeah, if you have arguments about this, put it in the thread for the show. Um, we'll be back to a normal RPG cast next week. Um, and let's do this again next, guys. Or next year, guys. <laughs> so, see you then. Bye-bye, sure. everybody. Bye. Bye.